James Madison has won the toss, and they have elected to defer to the second half as they will kick off left to right as we view it. Wayman Mary will receive the football. They move right to left as we view it here at Zabel Stadium with Clint Estes and Riley Reed. I am Dave Riggerts. A pleasure to have you along for JMU football today. The 50th season continues. Just two weeks left in the regular season. JMU is decked out in all white for the first time this season. White helmets, white jerseys, white pants, even white face masks today. And it's all green for William Mary, the tribe in all green. Green helmets, green jerseys, and they've got green pants as well. Camden Wise set to kick the football off as we are set for football this afternoon. A gorgeous day here in Williamsburg. Kickoff by Wise. Going to send JT Mayo to his five-yard line here in the near side. Numbers to the 15-20. And hit down uh, shy of the 20-yard line right there. It's Chris Chukwinecki. Welcome back, Chuck. Boy. As he knocks him off his pins right at the 20-yard line. First and 10, William & Mary as they move right to left as we view it. Hey, if there's anybody you want to block on special teams for JMU, it might be he. And he shot down there like a cannon and uh, was able to make a clean hit and stop inside the 20-yard line. Looks like they'll start Sam Kidd at the free safety. MJ Hampton will come off the bench as Chris Chukwinecki will start at that rover spot. Wayne Davis, the other safety, and they will start in the gun formation. Darius Wilson, the true freshman from the Bronx, New York. Iona Prep. Mayo goes in motion, now goes orbit behind, and now they'll run option play, and Mayo's got room to run to the 25-30, first down to the 35, near sideline to the numbers, and pushed out of bounds by Wayne Davis. Just shy of the 45, the mark with the 43, so a 23-yard gain. Again, lots of motion and, and different things at the line of scrimmage before the play. They go option with the receiver who orbits in motion behind the backfield. They come back to the near side left. This team is going to have to be be wary of those plays because this is what William & Mary does. 23 yards on first down for JT Mayo. Now coming in motion across the formation is Emo. We'll hand off to Yoder on the right side. He's got a pretty good hole as well. It's closed quickly, and Wayne Davis made the first two tackles. This one goes for four up to the 47-yard line off right tackles. They worked the perimeter that time with Bronson Yoder, the junior from Indiana. That stretch play to the right is uh, one of favorites for Yoder. I've seen him run it many times on film. Does a nice job with the block and the kick out by the tight end. And the tackle kicking in. They ran right at Mike Green and Uku. Cole Blackman comes put to the near side left. Zach Burdick to the far side right. He'll send a man in motion. Anthony Magoo is their tight end. They want to throw the football for the first time. And they've got their backup quarterback in there. Hollis Mathis over the middle. Going to be overthrown for Zach Burdick, the 6'1", 200-pound senior wide receiver. Was open down the middle, but he overthrew the football as Hollis Mathis, the junior from Pittsburgh, came in to throw it on that play. We'll see if he stays in the game or not. Yeah, 22nd. Looks like he's going to. Sorry, Dave. 22nd pass of the year for him. Came here as a quarterback to begin with. Had a, sh- a severe shoulder injury to his right shoulder and has been trying to battle back from that. Did start in the spring in those games. Was 31 of 51 in the three games for 60.8%. He's going to stay in the football game. He's now in the shotgun formation. On third down and seven, football, they mark it at the 46 in their own territory. Orbit motion again by Mayo, going to hand the football to Yoder, hit from behind and drop for a loss. Chasing him down from the backside was Sam Kidd for a loss of one, and they'll have to punt the football in their own territory. Yeah, Sam lined up close to the line of scrimmage and to the wide side of the field as they ran to the short side, and he just followed right in behind the line, the pulling guard, and came right down the line of scrimmage to knock him with a clean tackle. Interesting that Mathis was in the football game for a few more snaps than we thought we'd see. We saw Wilson warming up with the first team and uh, pre-snap before this game. And punt formation is Will Michael. 
And he gets it away. End over end. Wobbly kick. Strobel will not call for the fair catch of the 21. Circles back to the 20 to the 16-yard line and loses five yards. He's tackled at the 16-yard line. Good job on special teams that time to make the tackle for William & Mary was Martin Lucas, a backup defensive back. So the Dukes will begin from their own 16-yard line. They move left to right. And, you know, we talked about the conditions. It's a beautiful day today, but it's very windy today. And the flags are essentially blowing into the Duke's face as we see it. And there is a timeout on the field. So we'll step aside with 13.03 to go here in the opening quarter. No score. Dukes will have their first possession. When we return, you're listening to James Madison Football on the Morrison Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. Well, just underway here in Williamsburg, the Tribe with their first series. Got a one first down on kind of a misdirection play of 26 yards or 23 yards. And then uh, the Duke's defense settled in a little bit more and able to force a punt here and get their first hands on the ball. Trying to look for their starting quarterback, Darius Wilson, down on the field right now. Again, I'm I'm almost positive he ran the first play of this football game. I believe you're correct. I, he, he got hit as he pitched it, and I don't know if he maybe got hurt on that play. I don't see him right now. Well, I'm looking towards the tent that they sometimes place people, but I don't see any Can you use your inside. X-ray vision there, well, Clark sometimes you can see sometimes you can see people at the opening, you know, <laughs> like one of the training staff. JMU begins from their own 16-yard line. Solomon Van Horse will start at running back in this formation, and Cole's going to throw the football. Bobbles it under some pressure, steps up, and will get hit at the line of scrimmage. Might be a sack as getting hit that time. Getting him was Tyler Christ, outside linebacker, came on a little bit of a blitz, and it is a loss of about a yard on the play, so we'll give him a sack. It'll be second down now and 11 yards to go. That's something we mentioned. They've got to protect the quarterback when they st- Drop back and throw. Yeah, well, Kylie also for the Tribe coming off the defensive end position with early pressure. So second and 11 now. Cheatham with short motion as a wing on the right side with two receivers on this near side right, one to the far side left. It's an RPO. Cole nowhere to go with it. He will take off and run again and then just kind of dive for three. And now they'll give him more progress up to the 20. So he essentially gets five on the play. A little miscommunication with that RPO as he looked one way. There was nowhere to go with that ball. So... Now it'll be third down and six. Football at their own 20-yard line here on the opening possession for the Dukes. Nate Land made that stop the defensive end. We talked about him in the pregame show. It's very good defensive end, and he has 10 sacks on the season, 10 and a half. They show pressure. Again, it's a three-down line front. Now they show just two and one. They drop eight now. Cole, though, under pressure. Scrambles to his right. Sets up wide open at the 30-yard line. It's Scott Bracey, and he breaks a tackle, slips one more, and gets up the far left hash mark to the 32 and picks up 12 yards. Scott Bracey trying to work back from a couple of injuries sits in the middle of that zone and gets 12 to move the chains. They used all of his 6-3 height there to stretch that one up right in front of Cole Johnson who saw him cleanly. Good to get Scott involved early. He has been Kind of a non-factor here lately because of the injuries and hasn't played a whole bunch. Here's a handoff to Van Horse. He tries to avoid the first man and can't do it. Really good play that time by Will Kiley. And also the inside linebacker, Isaiah Jones, got him that time. It'll be no gain for Solly, and now a second down and 10 coming up for the Dukes. I like the way, though, Cole Potts, the right guard for JMU, turned the defense, I mean the nose guard, Bissett, out to the left side, kind of trying to create that scene. Devin Ravenel has checked in. They send three Dukes to the near side right as wide receivers. Chris Thornton is to the far side left. Now in motion of the backfield is Van Horst. It's an empty backfield for Cole Johnson on second down and 10. Looks over the middle. Cox fires wide open again. This time it's Antoine Wells, the 45. He'll slip a tackle, get outside the hash between the hash of the numbers and the left sideline of the 49. He picks up 19 more yards. And the Dukes get another Ergie's cheesesteak first down. At times the Dukes' uh, offensive line did a really nice job of forming the pocket around Cole. He was able to step forward and fire off that front foot. 
Tell you, they've settled into that zone in the middle of this defense right now and two big catches from Bracey and Wells. They've moved the football now near midfield at the 49. There's a zone read handoff. Solomon Van Horse will move forward for three up that left hash mark. Again, it was Isaiah Jones, the inside linebacker, to make the stop a three-yard gain. And we'll see Latrell Palmer for the first time, who did not practice all week but is good to go. He is on the football field now after he got dinged up a little bit last week in that running back room that uh, is the walking wounded right now. We have 10-15 to go opening quarter. First drive for James Madison now into Tribe territory at the 48. Second down seven. Two receivers to the near side right. Turns gifts. Latrell Palmer looks for a hole. Has one. 45. First down to the 40-yard line and shoved out of bounds right there. First and 10. James Madison. Another Urgie's cheesesteak. First down on the run by Latrell Palmer off the left side right by Liam Fernando. Yeah, I was going to call Liam's name. He did a nice job. Big 77 kick out block there from Don Bosco. Uh, you know, that was the first time we've seen the running backs really get past that first line of defense and into the yep. linebacker area in quite some time, Dave. They'll mark him just shy of the 40th of 41, but it is enough for a first down. Third first down of the drive for the Dukes as they move left to right. Cheatham will go in motion on the wing on the left side now with two receivers near side right. Another handoff, Latrell. Good move, then a little shimmy by another defender. Gets bent over backwards after a gain of four to the 37 right between the tackles that time. Classic jump stop right there at the line as... Coming up was Nate Lynn, the defensive end, to make that stop, and all of a sudden Latrell was not there. Looked pretty healthy on that run, didn't he? <laughs> he certainly did. Comes off the football field. Gets a couple of pats on the back, so someone Van Horst will check back in. Again, those are the two healthy backs. We could see some of uh, Sammy Malinaji or also Jalen, or excuse me, not Jalen, but Desmond Green, backup receiver. Now trips to the near side right. Single receiver far side left is Antoine Wells, Jr., Second down six, Cole Johnson gets the helmet high snap under some pressure, scrambles near side right, going to try and throw, and will throw it away. Good job by Cole to live to play another down. The third and six, he threw that ball away, being chased by Nate Lynn, their really talented defensive end who has ten and a half sacks so far this season. He got double teamed on the far side and fought through both the, both the, the offensive blockers for JMU to get some pressure and force Cole out. Throw that ball away, it's third down. James Madison, two for two on third down of the drive. Can they keep it up? They've had a 12-yard completion, 17-yard completion. Now three receivers to the near side right. Reggie Brown has checked in for Scott Bracey. Single coverage left side for Antoine Wells Jr. And Horse goes in motion to the backfield. Cole steps up, throws it left side for Thornton short of the first down as he was outside the numbers on the left side. On a crossing route, he makes the catch up to the 34-yard line. This may be four-down territory. It'll be fourth down and about three yards to go as he picked up just half of what he needed, but probably too long, especially with the wind, for a field goal for Ethan Ratke. We both know Coach pretty well. I, I think this was four down anyway. Yeah. I don't know that it would have mattered right here. He wants to put six on the board. No score in this ball game so far. So they will go for it on fourth down this year. The Dukes are fourth in the conference, 7 of 11, 63.6%. Well, Johnson fakes the snap. Now a man comes in motion. It's Antoine Wells. They stack him on the left side. Look that way. Look that way. Now go deep. It's Ravenel who was open, and they miscommunicate that time. Didn't run the route completely. Cole overthrew the football, and it's incomplete as they had him wide open. They had some confusion on that side, and Cole could not hit him, and it will be a turnover on downs for James Madison. Well, he was open. He was running a little uh, flag pattern to the corner, and right about the 20-yard line would have been well enough for the first down and been able to haul it in. Offensive line stood up under extreme pressure. They sent extra blitzers, and you often see that this portion of the field where they will try to get you out of field goal range or out of punt range and try to get you in a sack position. Well, they had two receivers stacked and kind of had the tribe a little off balance that time, and 
Cole just couldn't connect with Devin Ravenel. It is Mathis at quarterback. He's going to try and scramble to the near sideline. He can run the football as well. Outruns the defense, and then Chuck Winecki trips him up across the 40s. He came around the outside near the numbers. He's at the 42-yard line for a gain of eight. But, again, he was a starter in the spring, has some experience, did play some games in the fall of 2019 as well. He has seven career touchdown passes, just three INTs. You can see his speed. He's no got doubt. excellent speed. His, his accuracy has really been something in, in question, and he has not thrown the ball, as we said, a lot this year so far. When he made some starts in that fall of 2019, he ran for 546 yep. yards. So exactly. this is a young man that can run the football. He had eight rushing touchdowns along of 56. Here's another fake handoff. Nope, he will give it. Emo gets to the outside. Kelvin Azanama chasing, can't get there, runs to the boundary for a first down for the Tribe into JMU territory at the 46-yard line. And again, that time of 12 yards, they move the chains. Now they've got a chance to try and get some points as we are halfway through the opening quarter with no score. Well, the JMU linebacker came up the field and then uh, took a difficult angle. It was looking for some help on the outside, but the Dukes were in man coverage, and they could not see the runner coming around the corner. It was Malachi Emo again. One thing that you heard Coach Signetti, or if you didn't, here's what he said. They have tremendous speed at their running back position. They are fast. And now it's in a wildcat formation this time. They're trying to run it up inside. I believe this was Drayshon Kendrick. As he will just get a couple of yards off the left side. They use Kendrick at a wide receiver. He's a little bit of a uh, Swiss Army knife as well. They use him in a lot of different positions. He'll run the ball. He can throw the ball as well. Versatile players on that side of the football, don't they? Yes. They can play multiple positions. A gain of three yards. We'll bring up a second down seven from the JMU 43. On the near side left hash. We have six and a half to go here in the first quarter. No score. Dukes with a four down look. Bring up some safeties as well. Now back off a little bit. It is a handoff and Sam Kidd right there to gobble up Emu as it is going to be a loss of two on the play. We've seen Sam knife in there from that safety spot a couple of different times now. And now a third nine. This is exactly where you want to put William and Mary. They want to be third and long, and that is obviously what they want to avoid. So Emo could not get going that time with his speed. That's the one thing you want to stop him before he gets going with the speed that he has. So third down nine. Over one so far on third down on the season. They're sixth in the conference at 37%. In motion to the far side right as JT Mayo comes back in motion. And now another handoff and getting hit in the backfield and blown up by Kelvin Azanama. Is a running back this time as he will go nowhere. Yoder got clobbered by Kelvin Azanama. And they'll have to punt the football from the 48 in James Madison territory. Well, you almost get the feeling Kelvin got burned on the outside run there. <laughs> he was going to answer back right there and he uh, did polish off the running back on another punt for situation but this will also flip the field just like they did on the first drive and put the ball the dukes back could be back in their own territory as uh, schrober waits at his own 11 here's a high snap they get it off michael sends it high in the air end over end he shanks this football near the 20 but it takes a big try bounce stays in bounds between the numbers and the sideline and will bound inside the 10 down to the 8-yard line. So that is where it will be. It's a 40-yard punt with no return, and the Dukes will begin inside their own 10 as we have no score. Second possession coming up with 4.54 to go here in the, in the first quarter. We'll come back as we roll on with James Madison Football and the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. 
Well, Jamie, defense has forced a second punt of the day, and the Dukes offense with 50 yards so far early going of this ballgame in their initial drive before they turned it over on downs on the incompleted pass. And Dave, what surprised you so far from waving there? Anything at all? I think maybe that we haven't seen the starting quarterback. It looks like he, he was not the one in there on that opening play, so I guess I'm surprised that he is not out there. He has a headset on. We found him, but he's not <laughs> out there right now. So it looks like it's going to be Hollis Mathis from here on out from William and Mary at the quarterback spot. Jamie will have the football from their own eight-yard line. That's Shaw Palmer in the back. He will try and cut to the outside of the 10, 11, 12, 13-yard line. Powers forward, and he'll pick up five, now maybe even six to the 14-yard line as he came around the right end. But Anytime you can get five or six yards on first down in your running game, that stays ahead of the chains. Now, as an offensive coordinator, you call pretty much whatever you want to here in this no situation. I like the way the offensive line is performing so far for you, JMU Dukes, in the running game. From the 14-yard line, JMU moving left to right, and they're all white uniforms. Latrell will shift to the left now of Cole in the shotgun. He's going to throw the football out quickly left side. Caught by Thornton. He's hit, spins away, but hanging on to make the tackles a corner on that far sideline. No gain, maybe one. Yeah, maybe maybe not much at all, about a half yard. Good job over there. First man where there was Ryan Poole, the corner. Antoine Wells was over there also. There were two corners, and he couldn't block both of them, and it's going to be no gain. So third down coming up. Middle of the football field has been the friend of JMU in his first couple drives. Latrell Palmer stays in the football game. Twin receivers each way, a two-by-two formation in their own end. Cole looks left side quickly over the middle, caught by Ravenel, and he goes down quickly before he takes a big shot. He got to the sticks, got past the sticks by two yards, sat down in the against that zone, and a quick hitter from Cole Johnson perfectly executed, and they moved the chains with a gain of five. Yeah, Ravenel, the uh, redshirt junior from Stafford High School, his fourth catch of the year. They've all been kind of key catches. And they've all come late. He's starting to see a lot more snaps. They're starting to go with some four receiver sets now, and he's that fourth one that's coming in. Here's Cole Johnson, play-action pass. Pressure gets to him, throws it anyway. And a great timing route on the comeback by Antoine Wells. Has the first down with a helmet-high catch. What a grab by Antoine with good coverage by Ryan Poole. They'll move the chains again. It's an Ergie's cheesesteak first down. What a grab by Antoine Wells and perfect timing. And the man out there to pick him up off the ground was the left tackle, Liam Fanatel, running down there to try to get a block in after that great catch. And he fought for that first down because when he caught it, he didn't have it. They'll give him 11 to the... 21-yard line, another play pass. Antoine, a hitch. He's going to turn, make the first man miss, and have another first down. Got across the 40 between the hash and the numbers, and he's out near the 45 for 14 more yards. Just a quick five-yard hitch. He makes the first man miss and goes for 14. Yeah, Ryan Poole uh, missed the tackle. Yeah, it's an arm tackle, and they had backed off of Antoine, gave him room. Cole saw it, hit him early in the in the play, and allowed him to run with the football. One thing Coach Signetti said also on pregame is they're going to play deep and not let us take a lot of shots. You can see a lot of early quick passes here in this football game. One safety high now is all that's back there for William and Mary. Clayton Cheatham comes in motion. They want to go over the middle of the football field, thrown behind Antoine Wells. And they saw that one safety high as well in man coverage, and Antoine with a little slant pattern over the middle. You're right, he threw it on his back hip. He, he could have hit him in stride. He, he might have been still running. Catch. Yep, I think you're right. He got in front of Poole that time and had a little bit of a seam. And if he could have got by that safety, then you never know. Just behind him, Cole's missed a couple here early on, but so far so good. He's 7 for 10 for 63 yards. It'll be 2nd and 10 from the 45 in JMU territory. They move left to right. No score. Two and a half to go here in the first quarter. Second drive for JMU. Solomon Van Horse out of the backfield. 
Comes in motion. They throw a corner right to the near sideline. What a throw by Cole Johnson for Reggie Brown inside the 35 and shoved out of bounds inside the 30 at the 29-yard line. A gain of 26 yards to Reggie Brown. And you saw how he just laid that ball lazily over the defense, and Reggie was sliding along on a little banana pattern to the outside line, and the Duke set up inside the 30-yard line with a first down on Ergie's Cheesecake first down. Great ball by Cole. Great touch. Trips down to the left side. Revenal is checked back in. Play action pass. They want to take a shot again. Cole will step up. In some pressure. Gets hit. Now throws it. Wide open near sideline. Drew Painter at the five. Fights to the end zone. He can't quite get there. He's down at the two. But Painter is wide open between the numbers and the sideline near side. And Painter makes his fourth catch of the year. First and goal, James Madison. Boy, Ergie's cheese take first down there in the red zone there. Wide open and give Cole Johnson all the credit in the world. Here's Cole, claps his hands. Give to Solomon Van Horst, tries to bully his way in there. Still fighting. He reaches out and does not quite get there. He actually ends up in the end zone, but they say he's just short at the one. One thirty-five left here in this opening quarter in JMU. In the O'Neill's Grill Red Zone for the first time. Cole Johnson on this drive has done a great job of moving around in the pocket. Absolutely. And keeping his receivers open downfield. He's allowing them to develop those plays. The offensive line fighting off. But Cole's footwork in the pocket has been masterful. Cole Johnson in the pistol. Latrell Palmer behind him. Second and goal from the one-yard line. Antoine Wells comes in motion. There's a wing on the left side. Turn, give. Latrell Palmer hesitates, tries to fight to the end zone. Bounces off defenders and can't get there again. He's going to lose a yard back to the two. And now stepping over him. And now it's going to be an unsportsmanlike conduct, I think, on Isaiah Jones, the inside linebacker, for stepping over Latrell Palmer. Yeah, he was. I'm not sure he didn't make some contact when he stepped over him with him as well. And you can see a little posturing there by the William Mary player, and the penalty is going to be assessed. But uh, Latrell got, was running north and south and then got turned to the sideways and lost his momentum and continued to fight. But the good job by the defense for William Mary come up to knock him back. But this it's penalty after the play. Is it's a dead ball distance. personal foul. Automatic first down. Right. They'll have the football at the one-yard line first and goal for James Madison. Dukes would love to use the power football game to put one in the end zone without Cole Johnson running the ball. Latrell's going to stay in the football game, and they will go with a heavy formation and Bryce Carter and Mike Green will come in. Two of the defensive Uh-oh. stalwarts will come in, and they will go with their heavy package right now. Very merry counters as well. And then there's going to be, what, a timeout I taken? There is going to be a timeout. Yep. Timeout on the field. Well, it looks like I don't know here. The referee Both is coaching sure. staffs are on the field like there is one, but <laughs> they're no. going to go play. <laughs> referee says, no, no, back off, guys. Let's play ball. So Cole Johnson's off the field. and No, he is. He's, He's under center forward. now. Under center now with their heavy formation. Mike Green goes in motion, and there is a false start. It's going to be on Nick Kidwell, the right tackle. I think they're going to run his way. Mike Green came in motion that way. And Mike was going to line up right behind Nick Kidwell. It was going to be a double heavy lineup on the right side of the line. Let's see if they stay with this formation. I want them to stay with this and throw to Bryce or Mike, but those two are going to go out of the football game. We need a big man touchdown of some somehow, don't we? I, I would agree with you, my friend. We would celebrate that one. Now the ball's going to be moved back to the six-yard line. Painter comes in as a tight end. It is still him. first down, though. First and goal from the six. But not the heavy package. Chris Thornton comes to the right side. They want to throw left side. It's a fade. Antoine Wells Jr. out there, and it's overthrown. One of the first times today, Cole put a little bit too much air. There was an earlier pass to the far sideline where he missed Ravenel. That also a little touch pattern to the back pylon, a little in-cut, and then a run to the back corner, one-on-one coverage by William & Mary against Antoine Wells, Jr. 
the Tribe fans trying to get all in. This drive started at the JMU eight-yard line. Right now it's at the William & Mary six. Second and goal, Solomon Van Horse will shift to the right of Cole Johnson, trips to the far side left. Johnson, a three-step drop, looks left side line to the corner of the end zone. It's going to be complete, but is it out of bounds? It is. Chris Thornton made the catch but could not keep a foot in bounds. 23 seconds all the time remains here in the first quarter. No score. Second possession for JMU. So now all of a sudden, you would have had it third and goal from the two. Then there was the unsportsmanlike. You had it first and goal from the one, but the penalty on Nick Kidwell put it back to the five. So instead, first and goal at the six, second and goal at the six. Now it is third down and goal at the six-yard line. Twin receivers each way. Quarterback draw. Solomon Van Horst is the back to the left of Cole Johnson. He's going to set Chris Thornton in motion. He looks that way. Going to the end zone to the corner again for Antoine Wilson. He threw it too far to the pylon, out of bounds. He got hit on the play, had to throw it earlier than he wanted to, and they're going to have to settle for three. They had it first and goal at the one and could not punch it in. One thing I saw was Devin Ravenel was in the slot, and he went to run, and he got chucked right at the line of scrimmage, and it held up his progress. He may have been the one that was going to run that back corner in that, in that particular line. He was on that left side. So Ethan Radke on for the field goal attempt. It will be... Just a 23-yard attempt. 94 in his career. The long snapper is Kyle Davis. The holder, Alex Miller. The wind in his face, but it's a short field goal. Again, 23 yards in distance. A little bit of a right-to-left angle. Either way, this is certainly, for William and Mary, a victory in their own right to hold JMU from the one-yard line. In a 23-yard attempt. attempt. A 23-yard attempt. Kyle Davis, the long snapper. Alex Miller to hold. The kick by Ethan Ratke is up, and it is good. And with that kick, James Madison's Ethan Ratke is the NCAA's all-time leader in career points by a kicker at any level. He's the first kicker in the history of college football to score 500 Points. I think that's worth repeating one more time, my friend, because you need to let that sink in just a little bit. This is all time at any football level. He's the first kicker in college football history to score 500 points with that kick. Congratulations to Ethan Ratke as he has been <laughs> amazing his entire career. He now needs two more field goals to become the all-time leader in career field goals made in college football. I mean, college football. At any level. At yep. any level. Absolutely. Well, the Dukes go 14 plays, 86 yards. He's 4 minutes and 40 seconds. The 23-yard record-setting field goal by Ratke gives the Dukes the first lead of the afternoon, 3-0 here, with just 14 seconds left to go in the third quarter. So the Dukes now have 140 yards of total offense in this game, 116 through the air and 24 on the ground, but could not. Crack it inside from the one yard. You line. mentioned it for William and Mary. They've got to feel really good right now. Oh, they give up a couple of drives, only three points. They've moved the football a little bit. They've had three first downs so far in this football game. Here's the kick by Camden Wise. It will drive Yoder to about the six. The numbers on this near sideline as they move right to left, and he will not get to the 20 again. Good job by Jalen Green on special teams. Excuse me, Jalen Walker on special teams. He makes the tackle. We've seen him at times throughout the year be very good, very, very good 
on that coverage unit. And again, they teams are having a hard time getting that football out near the 20 or 25-yard line just because of the coverage of the teams right now of JMU. MJ Hampton was also there in the vicinity of that one. And, you know, you get the point where you say, why not call the fair catch and at least get it to the 25, right? I mean, because then you start. These coaches may have to start doing that. You get to choose which side, which uh, stripe you want to put it on to start your line of scrimmage. By the way, Isaac Uku, a game-time decision, is playing in the football game. And now a handoff of the middle for Yoder, and Diamante Tucker Dorsey <laughs> spins him around and throws him to the turf after a gain of six to the 25-yard line. That's our final play of this opening quarter. At the end of one, James Madison leads William & Mary here in Williamsburg by a score of 3 to nothing. as we continue with James Madison football on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. Well, a good crowd of JMU fans across the way here in beautiful Williamsburg this afternoon, 3 nothing JMU. And, of course, we're honoring the 2010s and above. Here for the 50th season of JMU football, the Dukes in 2010 were 6-5 and five and 3-5 and five in the league, Coach Mickey Matthews and company. The next year in 2011, Mickey had an 8-5 and five season and went to the playoffs and made their first trip ever to North Dakota State University, losing in the first round, well, second round. They defeated Eastern Kentucky before losing in that one. In the quarter stats, 140 yards we mentioned for JMU, 50 for William and Mary so far, and Cole Johnson, 9 of 15, 116, no picks, no touchdowns, and uh, off to a pretty good start here. The Dukes defense also is starting to figure this offense out a little bit. Don't you get the feeling? Yeah, just two first downs allowed, both really on kind of big plays. Other than that, nothing doing. No passing yards yet for Hollis Mathis, and now he will go in motion from under center. So it's going to be Wildcat. He now comes back in motion, and they fumble it right to him. He tries to get around the near side, and he will get Tackle out of bounds for a long, he's going to lose about three yards in the play. Good pursuit this time by MJ Hampton, Bryce Carter, Kelvin Azanima, Deontay Tucker Dorsey. Um, they tried a lot of smoke and mirrors that time, and it almost turned into disaster, but they do lose three yards. Well, we talked about that in the pregame, Dave, about the smoke and mirrors that they run. A lot of motions left, right. That time is same as well. And Bryce Carter, the old veteran sitting on the right side, was in hot pursuit for sure. It's one thing against this team with all the misdirection. Those ends, the outside folks, they need to stay at home. Don't over-pursue too much. Third down and eight. They have not completed a pass yet. They've only attempted one. Hollis Mathis going to hand the football off again. Yoder is going to spin, but right there is Torres Carroll from his corner spot. <laughs> he was able to hold on and drag him down, then get some help. It's a gain of five, but still shy of the sticks by three yards, so they will have to punt the football. Boy, they're settling. They've had three third and longs. They've ran the football every single time. Well, they believe in the run. They have dedicated themselves to that. My laugh was that Torres Carroll, like you said, latched on and was taken for a little bit of a ride that time, but Hey, he did his job. He absolutely <laughs> did. And, and I love seeing Torres' smile. What a great kid. Will Michael on to punt again for the third consecutive possession. Quick snap to him. He gets it away. The left footer's punt is a wobbly low line drive and not returnable this time for sure. But he's going to pick it up to save some yardage and go out of bounds. Nice job there. He would have rolled another 10 yards or so had he not right in front of the JMU bench. Good looking punt as most of the field now, uh, at least uh, three quarters of the field is in the shadows now as the sun begins to set down to our right. Good JMU. crowd here in Zabel Stadium, but you're, you mentioned a lot of JMU fans are here. Yeah, absolutely, across the way. Always a, a favorite place for JMU fans to come and watch the Dukes play, and wherever you are today, we're glad to have you with us on this beautiful afternoon, whether you're raking the leaves or whatever it might be in the afternoon. We've got 61 degrees here in Williamsburg there right now. The sun's starting to set in motion of the near sideline as the Dukes now move right to left as Chris Thornton. Cole Johnson fakes the screen out to him, going to take off and run. He will dive, takes a pretty hard hit from the inside linebacker. 
That time, as he gets up to the 31-yard line, he's going to pick up about three yards, but a good tackle on the play that time by Isaiah Jones. Well, as we Mary defense, we talked about it coming in. A lot of sacks from the defensive ends on both of these teams. 16 out of their 23 have come from those two positions, but so far the Dukes have been able to hold them off. Cole Johnson moving in the pocket well. Football at the 31. They'll give him four yards on the play. Turns and gives it Solomon Van Horst. Tries to find a seam. Bounces outside. He's got room to the 35. Puts his shoulder down and then is upended right there on the far sideline. The free safety. Ty Freeland will make the stop after a gain of three to the 34-yard line. We'll set up now a third and three. The football is at their own 34 so far on third down. In this game, James Madison is two out of four. Manageable third down play. Solomon will stay in the football game to the right of Johnson. Trips receivers to the near side left. Cole going to throw the football. Three-step drop. Looks over the middle of the football field. Waits patiently and then fires and getting knocked down was Devin Ravenel. His shirt is (laughs) underneath his shoulder pads. The 19 on his jersey is stretched completely sideways. I have no idea how that was not a penalty because he was knocked down. Cole. And that's where the ball went. Excuse me, Dave. Cole... uh, all the time he wanted in the pocket. He just waited and waited and waited for the play, and he had Ravenel right over the middle. But O'Kelly will be called on He to looked do his at thing. three different refs, like wanting something. Yeah, Coach Signetti really. is following one of the officials down the, the field, talking to him and probably not getting the next explanation that he wants. O'Kelly averaging 40 and a half yards a kick. Here's the first punt by Harry. The wind holds this one up in the air. It's going to be returned this time. At the 25-yard line for about six yards. Decent return that time by their receiver. That is Zach Burdick with the return. He gets six on that one, and that will send us to a timeout. We are just underway here in the second quarter. It's a 3-0 JMU lead. Good job by William & Mary's defense so far. Both teams have had three possessions, and it's 3-0 James Madison with 12-17 to play before halftime. You're listening to JMU football on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. Well, JMU fans, whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work, so go get a quote at GEICO.com. It's easy. Well, the Duke's 147 yards, and we've seen four punts, three of them by William & Mary, Dave. And the Tribe of the first and ten now from the 37-yard line in their own territory. Hollis Mathis will throw the football, looks for a comeback right on the near sideline, complete to Burdick for their first completion in front of Greg Ross. He's got a first down out to the 48-yard line. He'll move the chains, move him out to the 47 for a gain of 10, but it is a first down for William & Mary. Now Greg was right with him running up the sideline. He turned and came back to the football. Nice head-high pass. And not much chance for the JMU defender to make a play other than the tackle. Malachi Emo will check in as the running back this time. He and Yoder both out there, so they've got a couple of backs, which, again, they'll run a lot of different formations. A lot of different people coming in yep. and out for William & Mary. That's why Coach Heatherman and... Coach Signetti both talked about communication. You've got to know who's on the field, how they're lined up, what they're going to do. And now it's an option play. He's got nowhere to option two, but he's going to try and get the outside. Finally chopped down by Sam Kidd. Great pursuit from Sam. Looked like he might be able to turn the corner. He could not. Sam, another TFL back to the 44 for a loss of three. Oh, big Mike Green, the defensive tackle, tried to leap over top of one of his own players to get to his uh, to Hollis Mathis as he was scrambling for his life to the outside. They will lose yardage on the play of about three. That's a good play by the defense. Real good pursuit and read that well. With that misdirection, they confused themselves. He didn't have an option man to pitch to that time. I think you're right. 11-10 to play here before halftime. 3-0 James Madison in motion to the near side right. His receiver Cole Blakeman. 
Zone read. Here's a handoff again and up the middle of the football field with a little head of steam to the 50-yard line. Getting a game that time is Elijah Burns. Just his seventh carry of the season, but he goes for six that time. And now they set up a third and manageable, third and about seven seven yards to go. That time the left guard and left tackle kind of influenced Uku and uh, Mike Green for JMU and allowed them to come up the field and use their aggressiveness against them. And that enabled that run of about uh, five yards. Burns from Chester, Virginia, stays in the football game. Hollis Mathis. Out of the shotgun formation. One receiver each way for Mathis. That's just one completion so far in the football game. They have a short man in motion. That's their tight end, Magoo. Going to throw the football. Mathis over the middle of the football field. Low. It's going to be up in the air, nearly intercepted. Boy, he got his hands under it to pop the ball up and then almost right into the hands of a Duke. I think it was Greg Ross that almost got that INT. He and Wayne Davis were there dropping in coverage of the two backers as well, but a better pass, and that's a first down for William & Mary. The Deuce got away with one right there. That yeah, could have been Greg Ross's fourth of the year. You're exactly right, into heavy traffic. And uh, really was looking back at the line of scrimmage. Sam Kidd came on a delayed blitz from the safety position and blew up the running back and knocked him on his keister. Jack Stroba back to receive. Dukes get some pressure, nearly get there. Meehan was close. Fair catch called for and made it the 15-yard line. Dukes uh, have not had great field position. In this first inside half. their own 20 every single time now. And now they will start from their own mark at the 16-yard line now as they take over first and 10. 3 nothing JMU. They've moved the football in their first two drives into Wayman Mary territory, but only three points to show for it. And they had a first and goal at the one-yard line. And we talked about that stretch in the middle of the season where they only had five touchdowns out of 16 drives in the red zone. They finally have broken through the last couple of weeks, but you don't want that to start to rear its head again. Palmer with 16 yards rushing. Cole Johnson with eight, and Van Horst with just seven. The trail will start in the backfield this time. Palmer to the right of Cole Johnson. Two receivers to the near side left. They've got two tight end formation. Cole Johnson wants to take a shot deep down the left sideline on a wheel route. Chris Thornton tries to come back. He gets interfered with, and there's the penalty. It'll be 15 yards P.I. this time. <laughs> this time it's going to be called on the free safety trying to cover Chris Thornton which is a mismatch, and Ty Freeland will get the P.I. Yeah, the, the side judge eventually pulled out his flag, and once he did, then you saw two other flags come in up at the 45-yard line. Of course, it will go back to the line of scrimmage. He couldn't get it out of the trousers that time. <laughs> he, was, he was digging. Well, I think Coach uh, Signetti thinks there should have been some other penalties that could have been called in the... You know, we saw that as they walk off the penalty. We saw at the last time out after... Devin Ravenel got hit, and there was no penalty. Coach came out to the, the logo at, uh, at midfield to yep. the field judge and had a conversation, then got escorted back by the field judge as they continued their conversation. But uh, he's now continuing another conversation. Coach was pointing here, and then Coach was looking, <laughs> pointing, how about that spot, how about this spot? First, first down. First and 10 now from their own 31-yard line. Zone read, handoff Latrell. Trying to find a hole and can't find anything. Boy. No hole at all. The outside is wide open. The I thought he might defense. try and bounce that, and he never did. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's really the, the only area that was open. No gain on the play for Latrell Palmer. There was a mass of humanity of all the defensive and offensive linemen all stacked within about a four-yard length of the width of the field. Nobody on the outside as all the cornerbacks had left with receivers. Good job that time by the nose guard that time yeah. to stack everything up. Zyquan Besant. Second out of ten. Now in motion is Latrell out of the backfield. Don't see that very often. He's split to the far side right. Empty formation this time for Johnson. He's going to throw it. Quick out. Caught by Antoine Short. 
He's near the numbers for a three-yard gain to the 34-yard line on this near side left. And tackled immediately for now a third down and seven from James Madison. Reggie Brown, the Duke's wide receiver, is running a seam right with wide open with a little safety coverage. Now single coverage on the near side for Antoine Wells. They've got him. Oh, it's going to be. Oh, no, that is not a false start. That should That's what be, they're going to call. That should be on the defense. For influencing. They were offsides first, and then they're going to say Antoine Wells. Because Antoine moved when he was across. Wow, that's that's a bad call. I mean, we had a great view of Chris. The def- the outside linebacker was across the line of scrimmage before anybody else moved. Opposite side of uh, the Duke's wide receiver that they call for the... Ooh, that's, that's not a good call. So this is third and long. Dukes have not been in many of these Long third downs. The Dukes two of five so far today. Third down, 12. Three receivers to the far side right. Cole looking that way. Looks to Antoine on the near side. Steps up, steps up. He's going to take off and run to the 40-yard line. Slice oh, he got down hit in the helmet. Hit in the head. Oh, my. The it ball comes the out. Football. Sorry, Dave. Oh, my gosh. And Cole and is down. And a late flag comes out. Finally, another flag comes in. And coaches come from the sidelines. Here comes Coach Signetti. Wow, we have three JMU coaches oh my. out near the hash marks right now after that hit. Cole gets up late. He's finally up. The Got ball it. came out, and then a flag finally came out. Coach Signetti's going to check on Cole right now. but Should be a see targeting what the situation, is. but it was a late flag coming from the back judge as Cole went into that long slide, and he's up and walking. Is Johnson. He's talking to the athletic trainer. Well, the training staff, I think, were the first two purple and people in purple we saw hit the field, but Coach Signetti was not far behind. And here is the call. It's a dead ball. It's a targeting against Wayman Mary. And the Wayman Mary coaches are really unhappy about this, but I don't know how it could not be. <laughs> well, what Mike London, Mike London is indicating with his hands that the quarterback was sliding, and thus you you – you know, you can't control your level of height when you're, well, when you're on the ground, you're on the ground. These kids can control a little bit of what they do when they see someone go down like that. So, again, it, it, Cole went free, feet first. And it was say. a late slide. He decided to do it late, but still a slide, and you're giving yourself up as a quarterback where you cannot even be close to the head. There is no question that should be a penalty. Cole, uh, and they're going to look at it to see if it is targeting or not, but this could... Have one of their guys thrown out the rest of this football game, but hopefully Cole's okay. It looks like Billy Atkins is taking some snaps right now just in case, but Cole has his helmet off. He's walking back to the huddle right now, so I think Cole's going to be fine. Yeah, he does Because of the timeout, he does not have to go out. Correct. He, he can stay in the ball game if that's what's deemed, and the referee will think. It's 3 nothing. This is a, this ball game, 8.30 left to go in the second quarter. 3-0 JMU right now. They are looking at the monitor to see if this is targeting or not. They will check it to see if it is. We do not have the access to replay. There's one up the above us right now. and oh, uh, There we do have a look at it. The ball came out after he was hit. Cole at 6-5. Cole stayed down for quite out. a while, too. You could see his head snap back. And he almost took two shots. You can look at the replay. The linebacker was right there and almost took a shot at his head. And, and then the safety came in. I think the second one was the one that got called. That was the most obvious The first one was more of a shoulder to the head, which also pro- could probably be called because he was sliding. But I think it's the safety coming in late also got him. So I think that's going to be the one that, with the safety hit that will be the targeting. 
when targeting began to come into vogue, you know, when the rules changed about four years ago and whatnot, it, there really was a lot of discussion about what is and isn't. They've really streamlined it quite a bit. And normally now when you see the referees, I mean, the, the officials on the field throw the flag, they support that, that hold. Years ago, there was a lot more. They didn't have quite the uh, coverage from all the different angles. Now we have replay at all the stadiums. So you're starting to see the they're taking quite some time to make this call. They haven't shown any more replays of it to get another look at it. But, again, it looks like that's probably going to stand. Again, we've seen some stranger things happen. <laughs> we, we, we're careful. Duke's 161 yards right now of total offense. Cole Johnson before that was 10 of 17. And uh, he's the leading rusher in this ballgame with 19 yards so far. A couple other news and notes for you right now. The JMU volleyball team took yeah, a, another been, step closer yeah. to winning a conference championship in the regular season. They swept Hofstra today. Towson also won, so those two teams tied for first with one game left in the regular season. JMU will play at Hofstra tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And the men's basketball team, after their 95-point win on Wednesday, they are playing ODU, a little reunion of the rivalry between those two teams. It's 13-8 to James Madison at the under-12 timeout in the first half of play. And here again, we've got a 3 nothing lead for JMU's football team. And a long, long look at this review to see if this is targeting or not, but it's 3 nothing. This should, essentially, you should be able to look at and see if it's targeting or not, but it's a long look right now. The marker is still on the field at the 44-yard line. It wasn't like there was a huge crowd say. around Cole to really no. to, to block the view, it wouldn't think. Earlier scores today, Maine defeated UMass 35-10. to other teams out of the CAA and around this area. So we scan down this New Hampshire. Right, they have figured it out. Here we go. So it is a target. Is it's on? It's on the safety Gage Herdman. So it, again, it wasn't on the linebacker who got him first with the shoulder. It came from Herdman, who came flying in late. So he has been ejected. He will not be able to play the rest of this football game. And he's a guy that has four INTs this year, 42 tackles. That's third on this team. That's a big loss for them in the back end. And now Billy Atkins will be in at quarterback right now. There wasn't an official timeout, so that might be why he has to be out there for at least one play. We'll see if Cole can come back into the football game. He's standing right beside Coach Zagetti. Yeah, I think so he he'll looks come like, in right after this. He looks like he may be ready here. But this penalty puts it in to Weaving Mary territory. At the 45-yard line, first down and 10 for JMU. 8.22 to play. Hand off Latrell Palmer. He's trying to find a hole, breaks the tackle, and gets spun down. Tries to stay on his feet, and they're going to say he wasn't down. Oh my. He's up to the 41-yard line, so a good second effort. He's going to get four, and Cole Johnson will come into the football game. So there wasn't a timeout called. It was only a review, so he had to come out for one play, and he is now back in the football game after the four-yard run by Latrell Palmer. That was good hard running by Latrell. He could have given up much earlier in that play. Good at four yards. Antoine Wells comes put to the near side left. Two receivers on the right side. Here's another handoff. Latrell Palmer cuts to the right side. Boy, he is stuck. Bounces oh, off yes. the tackle. And then he tries for more yardage, and he will get two more. He's up to the 38-yard line for a gain of three. That's, a, that's quite a hard run by Latrell. I love the fact he was able to break that first tackle and come out of there. I thought it was going to go for a lot more. Third down and three football inside the 40-yard line at the 38. Seven and a half to play. We're halfway through the second quarter. Fourth drive for the Dukes. They just have three points on the scoreboard right now. See this JMU O-line getting some seams in there. Little openings up front. 
Three receivers to the near side left. Solomon Van Horst is checked in as the back to the right. Cole looking for him. Now goes over the middle for Scott Bracey. It's up in the air. Picked off by the safety this time. He will go to the far left sideline. The INT by Malcolm Spencer. His second pick. It went off of Bracey's hands up in the air. And Spencer the interception. As William Mary's defense turns Jamie over the third INT. But there is a penalty flag. At the line of scrimmage. So hold on here just a minute. That would be the 14th for William & Mary. Looks like it might be on the return. Personal foul. Roughing the passer against William oh, & Mary. Oh, so never mind. It is still just two INTs for Cole Johnson. It will not stand. And Liam Fernando waves bye-bye to the offense as they were already <laughs> on the football field. Liam's been around a while. He tells them where to go. So, so the two Dukes. big penalties in this drive. The 15-yarder and now another one will result in a... Boy, Cole has taken some shots right now as he got hurt on the one play, and then he gets. Uh, we Mary Faithful don't like here. all of this going on. They, that was a game changer. So now six make it 30 yards in penalties. So this keeps going to put it down the 23 yard line. Matriculating right on down the field, huh? Who's getting some help right now? And Mike London's going to call a timeout to just kind of settle his team down. I mean, this is a good call, call for him. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. I agree. Just to say, look, we've had some calls go against us here. We need to really refocus. Because new people on, in the ball game. When Cole slid, that was also a third down, which when they would have had to punt. This would have been a turnover. So both times they thought they stopped the Dukes, they did not. Timeout on the field. So we will step aside. Seven oh one to go before halftime. Just three nothing JMU, but they're on the move again. At the William & Mary 23-yard line. You're listening to James Madison Football on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. And JMU Athletics would like to thank its team Madison sponsors, Pepsi and Centera, for bringing you football in 2021. JMU has the football at the 23-yard line in William & Mary territory. 7-0-1 to go before halftime. 3-0 Dukes. Two receivers to the near side left is Thornton and Wells. Two tight end formation this time. Solomon Van Horst is in the backfield to the left of Johnson. Chest high snap, handoff for Solomon on the right side. He gets to the 20, breaks a tackle to the 19 outside the numbers. Before he gets to the boundary, he's wrestled down at the 19-yard line for a gain of four for Solomon Van Horst. Good plus run to the right side. Cole Potts following out there, the right guard on the way. So, Dave, both coaches have had their say oh, in this ball we, game. We saw Mike London on the field talking to the officials <laughs> at that timeout. Um, yes, they have. The officials have been a big part of this game so far. We're in beautiful Williamsburg, Virginia for this afternoon CAA matchup. And now we are into the... O'Neal's draw red zone. Second down and six. Both tight ends now shift to the right side. Run to the right side with Solomon. He's going to lose yardage. Boy, great pursuit. Ryan Poole came late to clobber him. It's a loss back to the 23. So the four he gained on first down, he lost on second down. It will be third and 10. Now outside the red zone, back to the 23-yard line. Yeah, really good pursuit, as you said. Those green shirts just stretched that play out. The Dukes had wide receivers, two to the left, both in single coverage. Cole electing to give that handoff to the short side of the field. And now, once again in this drive, another third down. Well, they thought they stopped him twice. They were penalized on both plays. Now three receivers to the near side left for Cole Johnson and the Dukes. Reggie Brown split to the right side. JMU moving right to left. Van Horse is the back. Stanley Hubbard with the snap. Hit his chest high. Cole Johnson, a three-step drop. Going to get under pressure. Gets hit from behind. Scrambles and runs to the right side of the 20. He's to the 15 and has a first down. He's going to scramble for enough for the first down. Got to the 12-yard line. 
got hit in the backfield, scrambled away, went to the far right sideline, and got 11 on a third and 10. Yeah, Reggie Brown tried to come back and give him a block, but give all the credit in the world to Cole Johnson who put his feet down the leading rusher in this ballgame so far for JMU. We'll move the football to the 12 now, so they're back inside the O'Neill's Go Red Zone with an Ergie's cheesesteak first down. 5-12 to go before halftime. Two tight ends in the formation, two receivers to the near side left for Johnson. Here's a fake handoff. Cole sets up, throws short, intercept. Oh, should have been intercepted. Undercut the route as yep. intended for Antoine Wells Jr., and they ride a little slant pattern inside the 10. Good job by Marcus Barnes, the corner on the near sideline. He, he read that well, and Cole tried to force one in there, and Antoine, as you mentioned, was undercut by Barnes and nearly intercepted. Had it in his hands and could not hang on. So three big first down, two by penalty, one by the quarterback run. Duke's trying to cash in. And almost picked off twice on this possession. Two receivers left side, one to the far side right. Now Cheatham will come in motion, settles in over right guard. Hand off Latrell Palmer, cut back run. He tries to hurdle, and he's got nowhere to go because he gets tripped up for a two-yard gain of the 10. Right up the right hash mark. He's laying on his offensive lineman right now, <laughs> and they're all trying to unpile off of each other. It'll be another third down and eight at the 10. Yeah, I saw him leap like you said when he got into the line trying to get his feet back under him but fell on top of his lineman. we got to be able to get six can't settle for three more 3.34 to go we are in the second quarter is 3 nothing. James Madison three receivers now to the near side left Cole Johnson the shotgun Van Horst to his right and Coach Signetti's going to call a timeout yeah, he wanted to see the alignment first he went way down the line to call that timeout looking at that defense and Wants to see what's going to happen. They had two safeties high in that line. With JMU 181 total yards in this ballgame to 64 for William and Mary. Dukes, let's check that time of possession if I can find it here. Dave, do you have it? be interesting to see how long the Dukes have had the ball. 11 minutes even so far to 8.52. I thought it was a little more than that in this contest. Seems like it. Cole Johnson with 30 yards rushing. Palmer with 25. Van Horst with 7. Cole, 18, uh, 10 of 18 for 19 yards. Hollis Mathis, only one of three in 10 yards. We expected to see a lot of Darius Wilson at quarterback today. But he's on the sideline with a headset. Out of the timeout, they go empty backfield. No running back now in the football game. Really spreads it out defensively, too. That will be Van Horst now. He will come back into the backfield. He's to the left of Cole Johnson. Two receivers each way. Cole Johnson, a three-step drop, steps up the pocket, over the middle for Van Horst and couldn't handle it. Oh, yeah, and Antoine Thornton. Wells. Sorry, Dave. Go ahead. It was Thornton and not Van Horst, but he couldn't handle the pass over the middle. I'm not sure he gets there anyway, but you're right. Antoine, on the other side of the football field, was starting to run free. But the one thing, give William and Mary credit. We talked about they're able to get after the quarterback, and Cole doesn't have a lot of time right now. He's had to scramble, get away from some sacks. They haven't hit him yet as far as getting a sack, but they've gotten pressure very, to him. And very close to those sacks. He's been able to break away and took an Big hit on one of the runs that caused a targeting call against William and Mary. This will be a 27-yard attempt for Ethan Ratke. It is away, and it is good. So Ethan Ratke has now tied the all-time record for field goals made in a career, and now there is an injured Clayton Cheatham on the field for JMU. He was hurt on the PAT, or the field goal, excuse me, to make it a 6-0 football game. But 6-0 JMU with 4-10 to go here before halftime. We're going to break and come back to the kickoff as we continue with JMU football on the Morrison Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. 
or Geico bundle your home and car insurance today. JMU goes 12 plays, 74 yards, couldn't cash it in for six, but another Ethan Automatica field goal this afternoon, 27 yards. This one took five minutes and 58 seconds. Off the clock, the Duke's up 6 nothing. Got a word on uh, Clayton Cheatham there, man? Well, it does not look good. He was in a tremendous amount of pain. He's one of the toughest hombres on that football team, and he had to get help to get off the football field. So he is being taken to the tent right now, and it does not look promising for Ethan Radke. Hopefully better than it looks right now, but... Not Ethan Radke. Or, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Clayton, Clayton Cheatham. Cheatham. Although, you know, as he goes in the tent, he is putting uh, he was putting weight on both both feet yeah, at that point. So. he was. So hopefully he'll be okay. He had some injuries in early on in his career after his freshman, or actually his sophomore, junior year, but has really played well for Coach Signetti this year. In the you know, Noah Turner's been out the last couple of games. He is back in the uniform today, so he and Drew Payne are going to be at the tight ends. Fair catch. Fair catch called. Hey, they took your advice. I know. They call for a fair catch. They get the football at the 25-yard line. That's their <laughs> best starting field position of the day. <laughs> they got uh, tired of taking it at the 18-19. They so said, heck with this. Let's get five or six more yards. 4-10 to go before halftime. Only 6 nothing. It's a one-possession game, and the game feels like it's been dominated by JMU so far. Well, time possession. We mentioned uh, only 11 minutes to 8, or about 9 minutes, so only a two-minute differential on this. Good thing here is the JMU defense has had a long time to wait on that sideline. They're fresh and ready to go. And they've been fairly dominant so far. They've only allowed a couple of first downs. Three, as a matter of fact, and only 64 total yards of offense here in the first half. Here's a handoff left side, oh. and, and it's going to oh, be hit oh, in the backfield. The ball's out, but he lands right back on it. Wow. It was Emo who had it. He got absolutely drilled. Then he got pushed back, got hit again, lost the football. He lands on it himself to recover, and it's a loss all the way back to the 17-yard line for a loss of eight. <laughs> He was a mickle. He was a Missile. pinball. He was. And Diamante Tucker Dorsey got the last hit, and he turned him every which way but loose. Big loss on the play. Big loss. So this is not what William and Mary wants. They do not want to be behind the chains. They haven't been there a lot here in this game. It is now second and 18 yards to go. Handoff Emo. Kelvin Azanam is going to spin him down. He gets the eight back up the middle. They were playing a little softer that time, but it'll be a third and ten coming up from the 25-yard line with 3.18 to go before halftime. Well, certainly the quarterback for William and Mary, in this case Hollis Mathis, has not proven to anybody today that he's a danger to throw the football. Only three times has he gone back to pass, has ten yards to show for it. Third down and ten. On third down today, they have not converted yet. They are 0 for 4. Three minutes to go. Before halftime, Dukes would love a stop here, a three and out, and then get the football back and try and score some points. Got to contain here. Don't overrun defensively. Three receivers to the near side right. Going to roll the pocket near side under pressure. They want to throw back to the left side, giving chase, and Azanama can't quite get it. He runs into his own man and then gets tackled at the 20-yard line by Isaac Ukwu. The assist to the right guard, Marcus Crowell, <laughs> and it's a loss of five. Ukwu gets the sack, maybe a half sack with Crowell. But did you see Tony Thurston burst through the he line from the middle of the guard? And Tony's <laughs> running after the quarterback, and he looked up and he said, hey, I need some help. He started motioning with his hand because he was well, faster. The right guard helped him. <laughs> and the right guard for William and Mary it's got a, in the way. And JMU calls a timeout to save some of that time. 2.23 left. I think they're going to put some time back on. But they will punt from their own 20-yard line. It should get pretty good field position here to close out the first half and a chance to score some points before the break. Well, that's exactly the plan for sure. But this is a JMU defense that forced – now five punts today in this thing, and lately in the last few series, you see them exerting themselves defensively against this front for 
William and Mary is they realize they're going to have trouble passing the ball with the quarterback that's in there. And they're just playing the run for all it's worth. Well, they rolled everything to the right side, the near side of the field, for a throwback pass. A tremendous job of staying home and recognizing that by the guys on that far side of the football field. Communication. To know communication, where to go. Absolutely. Communication. So on to punt now is Will Whitehurst. Fifth punt, as I said, of the day. This Tribe offense has not done much. Here's a very short kick. Strobus says get away from it. It's going to hit near midfield and go out of bounds just to pass the 50-yard line. So the Dukes will have tremendous field position with two minutes and 32 seconds to go in the first half at the 49-yard line. Actually, they're going to mark it right at the 50. So on the midfield stripe, JMU will have the football with a 6-0 lead. And JMU has been uh, had some classic drives in the final two minutes. Seems like every week I'm mentioning this, that the Dukes have been able to put points on the board right before intermission. They certainly have a couple of timeouts to do that and half the field to work with. Cole Johnson, 10 of 19, got off to a hard start. He was 7 for, for 10. Since that point in time, though, just three of his last nine. What a better rush. 119 yards. He's ran for 30 yards in the football game. Play action pass. Colt sets up, wants to go deep, going to take off. He will throw it to Antoine Wells down the seam. Comes to the near sideline to get out of bounds and can't quite get there. And finally, he's wrestled Ooh. down inbounds at the 44. It's a gain of six for Antoine Wells. As Antoine makes his fifth catch of the football game here in the first half, the clock rolling. Nice job of coming back to the ball, but in doing so, lost a little bit of yardage. Yep. Still picks up six. Three receivers on the right side. Here's a handoff to Solomon. Follows a blocker to the 40. Has a first down and falls forward to the 35. A gain of nine yards for Van Horst. The clock will stop with the move of the chains and a good job of pulling that time. I think it was Kidwell, wasn't it, from his right tackle? It was Nick Kidwell who got in. Solomon did a nice job of patience waiting for Nick to get to the corner. Provided the block a little extracurricular activity with Kidwell afterwards between he and a player. But it's a Ergie's cheese take first down. To the 35-yard line now. Twin receivers each way. Johnson claps his hands, gets the football, looks to the near sideline, wants to take a shot down the sideline, he'll throw it out of bounds. Everybody covered in there. They press the receiver to the uh, sideline, and that night's covered by the line of scrimmage. Duke's uh, given Cole all day in the world, but just nothing open. Had a receiver short in Ravenel, and a receiver long in Antoine Wells, Jr. 147 to go before halftime. Plenty of time, still one timeout at the 35 of William & Mary, trying to add points here before the half and take a two-score lead. 6-0 JMU. Bracey's had a lot of uh, single coverage on the far side. Let's see if they look back to the senior. Two-by-two two formation. Cole Johnson looks left, looks right. Now dumps it right side for Van Horst out of the backfield to the 30-yard line, and he will get out of bounds at the 30 right there for a gain of five. So stops the clock, check down to Solly. He makes the catch, and they move to the right side now. Third and five coming up. They've got the wind at their back. So, again, they're in field goal range for Ethan Ratke. Get the feeling that uh, William Mary is kind of allowing that little shorter pass, but nothing particularly long. See how far the safety in the middle of the field is back off they the line of scrimmage. taking what, away the deep ball. T- what, right 20 now. yards back off the field? Yep. They are taking away the deep balls right now. There are really no shots out there they can take. See if they can get something now. Three receivers to the near side left for Johnson. High snap, handles it, going to take a shot. It's a corner to the near sideline for Chris Thornton. Oh, yes. A catch inside the pylon. He's got it. Touchdown. No, they're going to say he's at the one-yard line. He's out of the one. Boy, I don't know about that. Would love oh, to see a replay. I would love to see that. And Thornton goes up to the side judge, and he says, are you sure? They're going to say he's out at the one. 
Oh, boy. I Let's tell you look what, at the replay here. Cole uh, laid that ball out so nicely. We just said they've taken away the deep ball. Thornton gets behind the corner. Oh, he's in. That's a touchdown. He did not even go out of bounds. That is a touchdown for James Madison. They are going to review it. Yeah, Coach Signetti's out on the edge of the field out there. He's telling the side judge. His <laughs> hey, look, feet we got look inside the pylon on the replay. That is a touchdown. That will stand at six. That was almost identical to the first touchdown thrown last week yes. to Chris Thornton to open up the game against Campbell. Single coverage. Great ball by Cole that time. But the adjustment that, that Thornton made over his shoulder, very difficult to twist your body back and keep your feet in bounds because he only had a few feet to work with. Again, he was right at the pylon, made the catch, and the replay shows his feet were inside the pylon when he got there. So that is going to be a touchdown. It you know, has to be. Yeah, it's interesting. Of course, the chain gang has already laid down their chains over on the far side. Well, they know it's going to be a first and goal to one at the very one, least. And so it's not anything they're going to do about it. So they'll you check just, the replay quick to see. You see Ratke warming up on the far sideline for the PAT. He's yep. pretty confident. Boy, the officials have been a big part of this first half, whether they like it or not. Just a little bit, huh? <laughs> Maybe too much. <laughs> Both coaches complaining. Both coaches have not been happy. They've had a say so far. There were some streamers that went out from some of the fans here. Nice to see from the purple. And now they feel all in shadows. They Just... brought him back for a second. They may get to throw him again when they say this is a touchdown. And we've spent longer. I think the time of possession has belonged to the referees in the first half. Uh, yeah, I would they've, say so. Minute been, 33 to go here before halftime. And none of their reviews have taken have been, have been particularly short. Only three first downs allowed. Here is the call. It is a touchdown. Touchdown. Chris Thornton thought so from the get-go. Those two connect again. Last time it was four times that Chris got touchdowns, three from Cole. They connect today, and James Madison gets on the scoreboard with six. It's 12-0 JMU, a minute 33 to play before halftime. As now Cole throws his 26th touchdown pass, and Chris catches number 10 this season. Here's Ethan Ratke for the PAT. Kind of anticlimactic after a replay. Looking for his seventh point of the afternoon. Snap, as always, a good hold, as always. The kick is good almost every single time, as always. 13-0. The defense does this job. They get the three and out. The offense, a good two-minute drive. And we need to go back and check to see how many times they've scored in the last couple minutes of a half. We'll have to do that here. That would be so a good study because it's, there have been quite a few, yeah. especially in the second half of the season. Uh, and, you know, early on the season, the Dukes were, of course, running the ball all up and down the field in the first three or four ball games, and then thirteen nothing James Madison. Now that's a big. That's a that just changed the whole complexion. Now this football game with a score here before that, even if it would have been three, it's a two score game. The way William and Mary is or <laughs> isn't moving the football right now in this game, you just don't think they're going to be able to score a couple of touchdowns right now. No, you don't. Uh, the defense for uh, William and Mary also almost had an interception. I had an interception called back as well, and that had two big penalties to keep the drive alive as the Dukes go five plays, 50 yards, used 59 seconds, and that drive the 30-yard touchdown pass for Cole Johnson. You told how many he had, number 26, and the 10th for Chris Thornton. And that uh, scoring drive summary here as the Dukes special teams hit the field once again. Camden Wise will kick off. Has the wind at his back this time. 
The skies went up, and they will call another fair catch. They are not going to return this sucker anymore. I think they've learned, which they probably should have before. But eh, they're a little stubborn. These coaches are. We can. We're not like other teams. We can return it. Well, you not know, so it, much. This William Mary offense has not been one to play catch up this year. They because they no, run this, the that, ball so much. This is one bad thing for them. They they do not like to play from behind. So almost was a little surprised they didn't try to return that kick because on special teams you may break something. You know, you, you have an know, opportunity. Right. Uh, but it was that they went to the so the second time, last two possessions, they start at their own 25. Now do they take a chance? Jamie only has one timeout to stop the clock. Boy, if you had three, you might want to stop it. They're going to throw the football, and it's a quick hitter on the left side. Going to be complete for a first down. Demonte Tucker-Dorsey with the tackle. That time with the catch, it is their leading receiver, Cole Blackman, his 21st catch of the year. Transfer from Illinois State. Glen Allen, Virginia native. Not too far up the road. Duke's in a little bit of a prevent on that play. 11-yard gain. Alice Mass will throw again over the middle of the football field. Complete right there. The two <laughs> linebackers pop the helmet off of the tight end Magoo, but it will be a short gain. They're going to have to burn a timeout. A four-yard gain is it looked like uh, that was one of those toys when you it's kind of a jack-in-the-box. All of a sudden, the head pops off. It was the helmet that time. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't a head. <laughs> but the dynamic duo of uh, Diamante, Tucker-Dorsey, and Azanimo combine on the hit. They don't call a timeout. They want to go in a hurry. Here comes Hollis Mathis. He's going to try and scramble for the first down. He does. He goes out of bounds. Close to the first ah, down. They're going to give him a great spot. They're going to move the chains. Yeah, wow. He was, a, he was a yard short. Generous spot. Man, it gave him a yard and a half at the spot Ooh, that time. Headlineman comes over and marks it right in front of Coach Mike London. Moves it up to the 46 as the Tribe go left to right. So they're at the 46 with 101 to go. The clock is stopped. They have two timeouts, so they're aggressive right now, knowing that they need some points down two scores. Well, this has a, and remember, it. JMU gets the football to start the second half as well. Turnover City right here would be really nice for the Dukes. Two backs, one on each side of the shotgun of Hollis Mathis. He's going to throw, though. They want to protect. Now going to be very short. The intended target this time was Zach Burdick, the receiver who ran kind of a post pattern, but a lot of Dukes around him, and probably good that that thing was thrown short if you're William Mary. Diamante Tucker-Dorsey was, uh, for JMU at linebacker, was dropped into a little earlier zone. He wasn't all the way back, and ball just sailed over his hands, and Diamante says, if I was just five inches taller. (laughs) By the way, late in the first half of the men's basketball game, JMU 35, ODU 23. 12-yard, 12-yard, 12-point lead right now, 12-yard lead. Second and 10, football mode, I guess, right? Here's the handoff of Yoder, hitting the hole by Kelvin Azano, hangs on and makes the tackle. Also, Swan helped make the tackle that time, but no gain. Big collision in the hole that time with Kelvin. Kelvin had 54 tackles coming into this ballgame, the number two tackle on the three for loss uh, behind the line of scrimmage and a sack and a half on the season. And we got a little T.O. time for William and Mary. So they gain nothing. There will be third and ten. They have one timeout remaining. 52 seconds left here in the first half. They're trying to get points out of this. If you're thinking about a field goal for them, they are 8 of 13 with Ethan Chang as their kicker. He has a long of 46 on the season. So not bad, not a tremendous leg, but they're going to have to get at least 25 more yards to give them a chance. 25 to 26. Nope. So they need, obviously, a first down here. They have one more timeout left. This is where you might see, with the lack of throwing ability by Hollis Mathis, where you might see one of the other, like Kendrick, throw the ball in this situation on a little pitch back, or they might run a little wildcat. Let's see what they do. 
Hendrickson probably the more game. effective on a down on first or second, but we'll mm -hmm. see what happens here on third. It is Mathis at quarterback in the center. Sean Kendrick in motion to the near side. Out of the shotgun. He's going to take the three-step drop and throw the football. Looks down the middle. Now going to throw it on the left sideline. Greg Ross Ooh, turned turn. the other direction, and then the ball went one way. And if those two were on the same page, it may be a completed pass. But the receiver that time, Burdick, ran one way. The ball went the other and had no chance to be completed. Greg Ross did not. I don't think he saw the football, he honestly. turned the wrong way. He turned first, the wrong yep. way. And they, as you said, the receiver went to the outside. Ross went in, but it, Mathis was not accurate at all. We're throwing the ball, so another punt, the sixth of a half. So it they, used to be. A, they wanted to be aggressive, but not able to get across midfield and not able to put points on the board unless they try and fake something here. So it'll be fourth and ten from their own 46. Whitehurst on to punt. Dukes with a timeout to burn here if they want. And get a little pressure, but he gets it away. Strobel just gets away from it, and it will bound into the end zone. So JMU will take over at their own 20-yard line. All right, if you're Coach Signetti, do you try and do something here? You've got to go a ways, but you have one timeout? Probably not. I, I would think With that a two-score lead and you get the ball to start the second half, no need. Exactly. That, that's in my thinking as well. Is you don't want to take that chance and give some life exactly to this right. William & Mary yep. ball club. I wouldn't think the Dukes would do that. Exactly. Course, right. They proved us wrong before. Looks like they've got their victory formation just to kneel it down and go to the locker room up by two scores to get that ball to start this second 30 minutes. So they will do just that. So that's our score at halftime. It's going to be 13 zip. Cole Johnson takes the snap, kneels it down one time, and that's all they need to do. Pretty dominant first half, but still, it's only a two score lead. At halftime here in Williamsburg, it's 13 to nothing. James Madison leading, or does Mike Lennon call a timeout? Hmm. <laughs> I don't think he's going to. Unless he waits for all the Dukes to get in the locker room and then calls a quick timeout. He, looked, he kept looking <laughs> looked at the like clock. He was yeah, it looked like he was looking at the clock like, hmm, I might want to Then his team's running off the field, so I think he finally gave up on that idea. So we are officially now at halftime as James Madison leads Women Mary here in Williamsburg by a score of 13 to nothing. Coming up, we'll come back with scores from around the CA. Riley Reed will join you from our studio back in Harrisonburg. I've got a special interview here at halftime. As we'll play that back as well, and then we'll get a Duke Sports Center, and we'll look at stats from our football game today as well. 13-0 our score. JMU leading women Mary here at halftime. This is James Madison Football, the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. William and Mary will kick off to start the second half of play, along with Clint Estes and Riley Reed. I am Dave Rigger. Thanks for joining us for JMU Football here on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. It'll be the Dukes with the football to start the second half. Again, they move left to right, and they're all white uniforms. And it will be Solomon Van Horse and Sal Sammy Malinaji out there to return the kickoff. Be interesting to see if William Mayer wants to kick this deep, Dave. Chang to approach, swings the right foot through, and it'll be Van Horse from the 13-yard line. A short kick comes to the 25 outside the hash mark, and he kind of rolls over three or four bodies and eventually gets... <laughs> Out to the 31-yard line, and then Mateo Jackson is involved with Isaiah Jones. Two linebackers kind of get involved in a little skirmish after the play. No flags are thrown, and the Dukes will have the football from their own 31-yard line. Moving left to right as we are underway as the sun has set here in the east, and it is a dark night in Williamsburg as 
518. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it gets dark early, doesn't it? I, I want, does it get this dark out in Missouri? That's what I want to know at this does. time. Okay, just it checking. Does. Yeah, about around 530-ish, it gets pretty dark. Yeah, okay. It's about the same right here. All right, two receivers stacked each way for the Dukes. Drew Painter motion is going to be a wing on the right side now. Van Horst the back. They're going to swing it left side. Then the line of scrimmage too high intended for Chris Thornton. Pull through it too high for Chris Thornton. That time incomplete as they try to set up a screen on the left side of Thornton. Yeah, Thornton only five foot eight, 180 pounds, redshirt junior. Cole at 6'5". He's almost throwing the ball down to him, huh? Trying to see any sign of Clayton Cheatham right now yeah, because me... he went down in that first half. Painter starts the second half as tight end. We may Nothing. see more 11 personnel with just one tight on the field. Cole looks left side, going to throw a fade in the left side line for Antoine Wells. 50-50 ball, makes the catch, turns, keeps a foot in bounds, and has the football near the 40-yard line. A flag also comes out, but he's got the football at the 40 in William & Mary territory. Now everybody's standing around. The offense has not moved up. Is this against Antoine Wells, Jr.? They said offensive pass interference. Wow. All I saw was his two hands go straight up and grab it. And then head to the sideline with it. But right. Let's see if we see a replay here. But, boy, what a great catch. But there must he... have been some hand fighting before the catch. Here's the replay up top. Great ball again. Yeah, a little push off. Yep, I, probably probably the right call. Trying to push Before off he got there, he gave him a little little extension of the right arm to get a little separation. Yeah, free safety, free, uh, Freeland. Was left hanging on the inside as he sprinted to the sideline. Boy, big penalty because not only is it just the uh, the 15 yards, it's he actually made the catch the 40 over the middle of the football field. Here is Devin Ravenel tries to go after the catch and gets across the 30. Good chunk of yarders picked up by Ravenel. That'll be a 16-yard gain well, between right. the hash marks. Dives up the near hash mark to the 32 and now sets up a manageable play right here. Gets all that back plus one. So third and nine now for the Dukes. They'll go with some tempo. Now a little bit of movement, and a flag goes flying. They try for Bracey on the near sideline. He tips it to himself but couldn't quite hang on. There is a flag in the defensive backfield, though. Thrown way back at the 30-yard line, well away from where Bracey was looking to catch the ball. This was thrown at the snap of the football. So maybe too many men on the field? That usually that's it is. It. It's going to be against the defense. So Illegal participation is the is I think the Cole call. saw that and, and knew he had a free play, so that's why he took a shot with Scott. We saw the William Mary defense kind of shuffling around yep. as if they were trying to reshuffle personnel in the ball game. It was closest on the near side hash mark, closest to the William Mary bench as the Dukes go left to right. Stanley Hubbard telling his teammates, we're good. This is on them. It's illegal substitution, so they had too many men on the field. So it is... Against William & Mary. I think you're right. Cole definitely let that ball fly, yeah. knowing what he had in front of him. Smart play by the Coach London senior. is all over the official again. <laughs> I don't think he agrees with the call. Wait a minute. They made a substitution. Were you supposed to hold them up for us? I don't think the Dukes they made any substitution. Right, right, exactly. Yep. So it'll be a third and four now. The football is at the 37-yard line in their own territory. Dukes move left to right. Just 57 seconds into the second half. Not an automatic first down or anything like that. Trying to overcome the offensive P.I. called on Antoine Wells, Jr. Look how far back the corners are off of these JMU receivers. And again, it's only a third and four. Dukes are four of eight on third down conversion. Solomon to the left now of Cole Johnson. Gets the snap from Stanley Hubbard. Looks left side for Antoine. Now looks back over the near side right. It's Devin Ravenel. He'll be close to a first down. Depends on the spot. 
Oh. And the spot got worse as the line judge came in, and I think it's going to be short. My goodness, it looks like Ravenel had stretched that ball out, and they marked oh. him back at his knees just they over did. the 40, and that's over about a half yard shy. Oh, my. Now if you're Coach Signetti at your own 40, do you go for it on fourth down and less than one? He is going to go for it. He's going to bring two tight ends, so they're going to be Noah Turner and Andrew Painter in, and Latrell Palmer is the back. So it's fourth and less than a yard. But, again, this is a team that has had trouble on short yardage situations. Got to hurry. Eight seconds on the play clock. Unless they want to use a timeout, they're still shuffling in personnel with four seconds, three, two, and a timeout taken. Coach Signetti calls timeout. Latrell Palmer's got his hands up in the air like, what's going on? Why didn't we run a play? What are we doing? Well, they obviously heard a few different calls. So a timeout taken by Kurt Signetti and the Dukes, and now he has more time to think if he wants to go for it now. Boy, the one thing in a game like this is you don't want this to back. Sure, you want to get it, and and you think you can get it, but if you don't get it, you can give a team that is wounded right now and only has five first downs life and give them the football in your territory where all of a sudden they could make this a one-score football game. 13-point lead for JMU, 13 to nothing. You're in your own territory and near the 40-yard line, and sure enough, you're right, Dave. I mean, all you have to do is give a William Mary squad who has been competitive in their games this year. They've, they've been scoring, you know, 20, 22 points a ballgame, giving up about that many as well. And all they need is some kind of little bit of life. I wish uh, this isn't the NFL, so you can't really throw a challenge flag and challenge the spot of the football, but the spot of that football for Kevin Ravenel. Ravenel was just mm-hmm. not very good. It's right where our vantage point is, and it just looked like for sure he – was at least at the 41, which is enough for a first down, or at least close. They mark him close to the 40. I will say both line judges, whether you're on the far side, which was away from the ball, or the one on the closest, did mark it about the same spot. So they must have seen a knee go down or something that we were not able to see. So Coach Signetti has the offense and the special teams guys right by each other. So which one's going to run onto the football field? I think William & Mary is waiting to find out which one is going to run on the they're field. Looking at the, they're looking across the field at the Dukes going, okay, am I in or am I not? 13-13 left here in the third quarter. You also hate to burn a timeout at this point, too. The one good thing is they've got the lead. You don't. You certainly don't sure. want to burn them when you're behind because you want to save those toward the end if you need to. But, again, that's the luxury you have with a with two-score lead. You know, Maybe a Cole Johnson. He's going to go for it. Maybe a little bit of a Cole Johnson decision, even a quarterback sneak here, depending on where the linebackers line up. Well, this is this is big boy football. Hey, you guys think you're good enough? Then go get me a yard, you know, for Coach Signetti. All right, fellas, go get me a yard. He's then. been trying to, to get them to do that down yep. the goal line and, and in this situation, trying to show faith in his players. Out of the shotgun formation. Mm, interesting. On fourth and less than a yard from their own 40-yard line. Going to run the football. Latrell Palmer. Mm. Boy, there's not much room. Depends on the spot. Should have it. The spot is right at the 41. That's where he had to get to. It's just not much room up the middle. On the zone read that time. Looks like they may mark it just over the 41. It's at the 41. They won't even measure. That's enough for a first down. They move the chains. Needed about three-fourths of a yard. Got three-fourths of a yard. (laughs) The Dukes had both tight ends in. They lead both tight ends in this ballgame. Going to go with some tempo to lead that same group on the field defensively. Here's a screen to the near side for Thornton. Tries to get a block. He's to the 45-inch kind of torpedoes to the 47-yard line and picks up six quick yards right there. Yeah, Drew Painter out there blocking was in the slot, and he tied up two defensive backs, and 
allowed Thornton to wiggle through and pick up nice yardage on first down. So Good six play. on first down. Chris's fourth catch in this football game. Antoine has five. Those two have combined for nine so far in this game. They're going to stay with the same formation. Chris will be lined up on the near side right. Hand off Latrell. Bounces the outside this time. He's on that midfield logo at the 50 and stopped right there at midfield. The pile's still moving, and they are <laughs> blowing it dead. Finally, they blow it dead. Never got Latrell on the ground. He went in standing, and the offensive lineman one. got behind him and gave him a little more pushing. Third and one now for a three-yard gain for Latrell Palmer from the 50-yard line on the Wima Mary logo here at midfield at Zabel Stadium. The last CAA road game in school history. It's four of nine on the afternoon. And now movement up front. They've got a free play. Cole's going to take a shot on the near sideline. Has Chris Thornton at the 25, 20, out of bounds, just shy of the 15-yard line. They have the offsides. They took a shot. Thornton connects from Chris, or Chris Thornton connects it from Cole Johnson. He gets down to the 15-yard line, and they're going to have a first down and 10. Well, I tell you what, good thing Cole Johnson and Chris Thornton were on the same page yes. there because everyone else kind of froze. Even the offensive lineman kind of froze aside from Stanley Hubbard, and the Dukes set up go tempo with the 15. Here's a handoff to Latrell Palmer, and he will meander his way for about three up to the 12-yard line. I'm not sh- Did they even throw the flag? Because I don't think so. I never saw I don't saw think it. they threw a flag, so they didn't have a free play. Boy, it looked like they were offsides. Well, there was definitely. It was wonky. People were just standing around, and I don't. They didn't wave off a flag or anything. The tribe really did not rush. They did not no, go forward. No, they just stood there because they thought they were offsides. And Chris Thornton was in a dead heat down the sideline. This officiating crew has had some weird plays so far. Here's another handoff to Latrell. Just can't find a hole. Trying to be patient to accelerate through a hole, and there's just nothing there. This no is where this is right in the size. We get inside the O'Neill's red zone here, down close to the 11 or 12, where I would love to see some type of play wide. I'd like to see Thornton on a jet sweep here to that wide left side of the field. The Dukes drive left to right here, leading 13-0. So now they bring in Solomon Van Horse and three receivers. Make it now four. Both Nothing. tight ends in. Go to the sideline. Solomon Van Horse to the right of Cole Johnson. Third down seven from the 12-yard line of William & Mary. Looks like blitz. The receivers far side left. Deep drop. They want to set up a pass to the left sideline. Ravenel was there, but he had to throw it early, and it was too wide on that far left side of the end zone, and it's incomplete. The blitz got to him, and he had to throw it a little bit too early. Boy, a third down that the Dukes could not convert. That drive started at the JMU 31. We'll end with a Ratke field goal opportunity. So Ethan Ratke has made two in the football game. Can get another record right here. This will be a 29-yard attempt. Kyle Davis to long snap. Alex Miller will hold and Ethan Ratke. Dynamic trio. On for another record-setting kick. The kick is away. It is up, and it is good. Ethan Ratke is the NCAA's all-time leader in field goals now with 97 career makes, and he's now made more field goals than any kicker in the history of college football. Ethan Ratke, another record goes down as he connects from 29 yards out. And it started so long ago with a very shy young man. He backed up uh, Nathan Gray was the kicker who got hurt. And uh, Ethan stepped in, and he never let go of this and has held it now for the last four and a half years. Time on the field. Dukes extend their lead to 16 to nothing with 10.26 to go here 
in the third quarter. You're listening to James Madison Football on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. CarMax is proud to be the season presenting sponsor for football. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Duke's 11 plays, 57 yards, not able to get six. Took four minutes, 34 seconds to get that 26-yard field goal by Ethan Radke. As Dave told you, his 97th of his career and the record for most field goals of any division in the NCAA. And that's that drive was the only drive of this first half. The Dukes held it for a while. He's now the most prolific kicker in the history of college football. He has the most points of any kicker in college football and the most career field goals of any kicker in college football. They will not fair catch this. Yoder is going to return this between the hash and the numbers. He's going to pick his way and get out across the 25 finally this time. He's on that conference logo on the far sideline near the 28-yard line and tackled by a couple of Dukes as they will begin with one of their best field positions of the day around their own 28-yard line. But they trail 16-0. They have five first downs in the game. JMU, a long time-consuming drive, but it just ends in three. And, again, it's still only a two-possession football game right now. Kyle Holmes on special teams for JMU made that stop. William Mary's first possession of the second half. By the way, an update from the Atlantic Union Bank Center right now. It's a tight game with 11.35 to go. Low scoring. Both teams really good defensively. It's 40-36 to 36 JMU over ODU. Back in Harrisonburg. First and 10 here in Williamsburg. Here's an option pitch out to the near sideline for Emo. He's to the 30 outside the numbers and shoved out of bounds. Close to a first down. He's got it. They're going to mark him out of the 41. So a gain of 13 yards. And again, Malachi Emo is a guy that they really talked about, accelerates and has tremendous speed. We've seen that run. That was one of the first plays they ran that night, yep. that sweep to the near side. Got good yardage and first down yardage on that play. Zanima there quickly along with Sam Kidd to wrap him up. That was their best play in the first half, and so far so good here in the second half with that play. 13-yard by Emo. Under center this time. Give to Yoder off the right side on a stretch play. Mike Green with his first one there to hit him, and then coming to help is Isaac Ukwu. It's a gain of three after the 44 as they went off right tackle. Well, the Dukes aren't going to mind the fact that uh, William Mary is putting this ball on the ground and running it. That means the clock will continue to run, the Dukes with that 16 to nothing lead. William Mary's been able to move the football a little bit to midfield, but then never really break. They have not been across the 40-yard line yet past the Dukes. Just been into JMU territory once. And no third-down conversions today. Now they're confused, don't have a play yet. Their play clock is down to 12. They Again, this is they don't want to burn a timeout here, and they're going to have to. Boy, that is a huge mistake by the offensive staff for the Tribe. Well, that's something you can't do. Well, the players were wanting the play, and there obviously was miscommunication between coaches because they were ready to run boy, something. Boy, you can't for you. you can't now that kind of evens the tables, as both teams have had to use timeouts in their first drives here in this ball game. But when you're leading, you're probably okay with that. When you're not, you want to save those suckers. And now the tribe down to just two timeouts in their second half. Nine eleven to go. We're in the third quarter. It's sixteen nothing. James Madison. 297 yards of offense for JMU to 96 for William and Mary. 71 yards on the ground. The Dukes uh, came into this ballgame defensively, only allowing 63 yards per ballgame on the ground. A couple of interesting scores. We'll go over those in a second. One of note, Montana State in the fourth quarter tied with Idaho at 13. They're third right behind JMU at number two. Mm Mm-hmm. Second down, seven football thrown, 44 after the 30-second timeout. Trips to the near side left now. Here comes a blitz, and they run right into it, but getting right by the defender. But Wayne Davis comes and closes that hole really, really quick. It was Chuck who came flying by. No gain. Good tackle, one-on-one by Wayne Davis as he makes the stop. He had a couple of tackles early in this football game. 
Shekwaneke has been real good about stepping up, clogging things up, being right in the middle of the play. And if he doesn't make the tackle, he's creating and taking on that first blocker to allow the linebackers to come in and clean up. William & Mary has not converted a third down yet nope. in the game. They are 0 for 6. Here's the chance right here, the seventh chance. Secondary close to the line of scrimmage. They rush four. Pass intercepted near sideline by Sam Kidd. He's to the 35, gets tackled from behind, and a turnover. Sam Kidd gets the interception. That's the first this season and the first of Sam Kidd's career. INT JMU. It looked like he was the intended receiver, Dave Rickard. He had had the underneath zone. The Dukes had an under uh, man on the backside as the pass was intended for 14 out there. Cole Blackman, their leading receiver, and it looked awful when it left the hand of the quarterback. And Kid said, thank you very much, and I'm going to get some yards after the catch as well. Big play. They dropped in coverage, and they confused him. So now JMU will take over their best field position. First turnover in the game, and right now the Dukes have it at the 34 of William & Mary. Drew Painter comes in motion, a wing on the near side right. Cole wants to throw it. He's going to take a shot left sideline. It's going to be complete to Antoine Wells. He turns up field to the 20, stays in bounds, fights for more yards to the 14-yard line. Great extra effort and a 20-yard completion to Antoine Wells, Jr. at the 14. Yeah, six or seven yards after contact, and he was double-teamed out there. Nice pattern run, and they were on target. It was on time. That was beautiful down the far left sideline. Now they've got the ball back inside the O'Neill's go red zone. Can they get six out of it, though? Two receivers left, one of the near side or right. Cole Johnson, play action pass, quick pass left side. Antoine, can he break a tackle? Does, stays on his feet to the five, has a first down to the three-yard line. There's 11 yards, and again, yards after contact, not just after catch, after contact from Antoine Wells Jr., first in goal, Dukes. And he broke the tackle of Ryan Poole again out there with an arm tackle and got away, and we're knocking on the door. First and goal from the three-yard line. Handoff, Solomon Van Horse won't get there, no gain. It's right to the line of scrimmage. Dukes got pushed back in the offensive line that time, could not get any forward thrust. And that slows down the attack, and Palmer will come in, the big back. Latrell will sub in for Solomon. Halfway through the third quarter, 16-0 James Madison. Looking to add to this lead after the INT by Sam Kidd. Two receivers to the far side left. It's Thornton and Wells. Reggie Brown on the near side right. Here is a handoff. Latrell Palmer nope. It's a keep. Cole Johnson again, and he slides into the end zone. Touchdown, James Madison. The fifth rushing touchdown this year for Cole, and they tack on six. Well, misdirection in the backfield as they had backs running across the formation. That took the linebacker out of that hole. A good block on that right side by Kidwell and Potts, and he created that seam, and Cole was able to dive in from just outside, as Dave told you, for his fifth of the season. 22-0, James Madison, 7.09 to go in the third quarter. like the misdirection there. It really moved the defense, creating that opening. Make their eyes go different directions. Yes. Ratke on for... His 100th point of this game, it seems like. He gets it again. It's only number 11. 7.09 to go here in the third quarter. The lead now, 23-0. James Madison will come back with a kickoff as we continue with JMU football, the Morse Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. It was a four-play, 34-yard drive and a touchdown run for Cole Johnson from three yards out. It's now 23-0. Here's a return by Yoder. It gets to the 25-yard line. 
And right there is Jalen Walker again for a tackle on special teams as the Dukes now lead by three scores, 23-0, 7-0-3 to go here in the third quarter. It only took a minute 18, as you said, Dave. What I really liked about they used the momentum of the turnover, and then they come in and run tempo to keep that momentum on their side. And a great play call down at the goal line to open that seam up for the 6-5 Cole Johnson. Antoine, a couple of catches, now has seven for 82 in the game. And, boy, a lot of yards after contact so far in this contest. Well, now does William & Mary stray away from what they do? Now down three scores with 7.03 to go. Here's a option play to the right side. Nowhere to go for Hollis Mathis. Staying home and making the tackle right there was Kelvin Azana. A tremendous play. Now a late flag comes in after the play. This will be either unsportsmanlike or taunting, something like that. Yeah. Diamante Tucker Dorsey for the Duke standing over top of one of the receivers in the pattern about seven yards behind the line of scrimmage or down the line, down the field. I think it's going to be against Women Mary. Wow. But you could see Kelvin standing over top of him, and that, the flag didn't come in until I saw his stance. I mean, uh, Diamante, excuse me. Yep. Yeah, Tuck and, and the Women Mary guy were tangled up, and they're going to say it's going to be wow. on the tribe. Coach London is for oh. William Mary out. Both coaches again. not tremendously thrilled about uh, the officiating today. This is a half the distance of the goal penalty. So it. And the down counted, so it was a loss on the play. Because the play had been completed. Yes. So now it's back to the 12-yard line. Now what do you do, throw it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Maybe a screen? I think that's a good call, my friend. Second down, 23 yards to go. They run a man in motion. It's Kendrick, left sideline. Or you just hand it off, and they get back to the line of scrimmage, maybe lose a yard. <laughs> good play by Tony Thurston, starting in place of James Carpenter. He was the first man right there. And Bryce Carter also joined him in there. Zanima. You know, uh, Chris Brooks, our, our favorite SID on football, he came into our booth, and he was talking about how slow the ball was getting from the center back to the quarterback, and we saw it on that play even more. That ball was snapped, and it kind of – rainbowed back to the quarterback. It is almost kind of a, a rainbow. And it kind of gave the defensive lineman a little bit of extra time to get in there and disrupt that play, and it's third and very long. JMU has outgained William & Mary 331-96 to 96 in this football game. Now it's a quarterback draw from Hollis Mathis, and he will get across the 20 and try and dive back to the original line of scrimmage. Coming in low to make the tackle was MJ Hampton, and she's Surratt also was right there. Well, that's what... That's what Mathis does best. He's the yeah. most very elusive, better runner than passer. They have six first downs and 107 yards of offense. I think they had That's three it. of those in the first quarter. I'm going to look back. but Well, their first play was a first down. Right, I knew that. <laughs> the first play of each half has been a first down. Other than that, they haven't done a whole lot. No, they had two in the first. first and they game. nearly blocked the punt. Oh, my goodness. It was tipped, so there's no penalty because the punter went down. Strobel will get tackled right where he caught the football at the 43. Jalen Walker was right there. There's a flag down, but, again, they're saying the ball was tipped. So there is no penalty. They, I'm not sure how they didn't block it completely, but the ball was tipped, so there is no penalty. Jalen Walker nearly came up with a big block. And Coach London again for William and Mary. Out He's on out the field. The numbers. <laughs> and he is pointing somewhere up the, uh, all the way up the field for whatever reason. As if you let that go. There have been six penalties for 63 yards for the Tribe, three for 25 for the Dukes, and now JMU's offense is back out there. Of course, some of those penalties against William Mary today have kept JMU drives alive. There's one stretch and one scoring play. I guess it ended a field goal that there were two 
15-yarders like back-to-back. The official is going to call a timeout. So it's an official timeout. Is he looking at something? The line judge on the near side is having a big heated discussion with Coach London. They're going to look at a replay to see if it was tipped, I guess. I don't know how you can. That's that's a sound sort of thing. The official that, that watches the kick will listen for the type of, if the ball was touched or not, they can usually tell. And I'm not so sure this is what they're looking at because Coach London is pointing back towards the JMU side of the field. Maybe he's asking him to go talk to that referee there to, to make this. Because, honestly, the, the flight of the ball did not look like it was affected much. No. It was a shorter punt, but it didn't look like it was affected that much. But it doesn't mean that it wasn't tipped. You just have to get a fingernail on that, baby. Sure. And, and that's, that's enough. Again, I'm not sure how Jalen Walker didn't block the thing. He was right there. They had a chance to, to get that and just weren't able to. As Coach Kane's special teams unit nearly came up with a big play, but... JMU, I mean, if they would reverse this somehow, then I'll, and the one thing. What would you reverse, though? You, you well, would make they, it a first down? No, it wouldn't be enough for a first down. If it's a personal foul, it would yes, be a, it would an automatic <laughs> first down. Yeah, okay, if it's personal foul, but. I think it would be because they hammered the punter. I don't think it would be running into. All right. I think it would be roughing the, the punter and it would be an automatic first down. But I don't think they're going to have an angle to really be able to tell <laughs> if that thing was tipped or not because, again, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be altered that much. It can just be touched barely. We've seen at least four, maybe five, long reviews today in this ballgame of certain types, and most of them involving William and Mary. So the Dukes hope to have the football, unless this would get reversed. James Madison out gaining. William and Mary, 331 to 107. They're tripling their yardage right now. First downs are 19 to 6. It's been domination. But that 0 for 8 on third down for William and Mary is just huge. 82 yards of rushing for William and Mary, and that's only, as I said earlier, only been giving up about 60 some yards. But that's really all that William and Mary has been able to do 25 yards in passing. What was that, one of that on one play? Or what, they had 23 yards on one catch, right? Yep. Yeah, they have not done much in the, in the pass game, obviously. Well, I shouldn't say that. 11 yards for Blockman on a catch. Burdick has one for 10. Here's the call. Yeah, we don't, we're not. One for four. It is going to stand, so nothing changes. The Dukes will have the football. We don't have. We aren't wired into the the ref mic, but he said first down Dukes. They'll take over. Evidently, they didn't have enough to overturn, or it was tipped. So JMU will keep the football at the 42 yard line in their own territory. They move left to right here in the third quarter. 23 nothing James Madison. And the all whites today. They move left to right. The tribe decked out in all green today. Good field position in the second half for JMU. Cole claps his hands. Hand off to Solomon Van Horst. Comes around the right end. Will lose yardage. Nowhere to go. Good tackle on this play by Alex Washington. Inside linebacker for the Tribe. A loss on the play. Back to the 41 of one yard. Duke's left guard, Tayshawn Wyatt. The freshman, Richard freshman, got pushed into the backfield. Really nowhere for Van Horst to go. Good game at uh, the AUBC right now. JMU leading ODU 48-46. Low scoring game. Five to go in that basketball game back in Harrisonburg. Long way from the 135, right? Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) 
Comeback route for Scott Bracey, and he came back to it, and then he was kind of stumbling down as he came out of his break, and he was off balance and couldn't make the catch. It was on target, but I think Scott just kind of got off balance that time. He did. As he turned to his outside, he kind of lost himself, got his feet crossed. Cole was right there with the football. The former Duke Blue Devil caught the first pass of the game today, but has not caught one since. Devin Ravenel is going to check in. He's the inside receiver on this near sideline. Thornton and Wells to the far side left. So a two-by-two formation on third down and 11 for James Madison from their own 41-yard line. Here's some pressure from the outside. Cole dumps it short. It's going to be off the fingertips of Solomon Van Horst up in the air for a minute. Diving was pool to try and make an INT. Couldn't get to it in time, and it falls incomplete. And that is a three and out for the JMU offense. Four receivers going deep, and they checked down over the middle. was a really hot football coming out of Cole's hands, and it pounded off of Van Horst. A little bit Luckily too much steam little, on that one. Lucky it wasn't intercepted. If someone had come up quick enough, all kind of popped in the air. Kelly's second like punt of the day. was overturned because of a penalty. Burdick is back in punt return formation now for William and Mary. Snap is on the money. Here is the end-over-end punt by Harry O'Kelly, and he's got some room to take this if he wants to. Burdick. Avoids the first man, Malinaji, and then he is clobbered by a couple of Dukes, including Bryce Carter on special teams that time, and Kai Holmes was right there. We've said his name a couple of times on special teams. 419 to play third quarter. James Madison 23 and William Mary nothing. I can't uh, credit the special teams enough with their tackling ability, Dave. They have really been sure-handed for a long series of plays here. The biggest return this year for any team has been there was a 55-yarder by Rahid by Rahid Shahid back in, against uh, Weber, the Dukes. Right. Yep. Other than that, it's been about 25 yards. Great job by Diamante Tucker Dorsey. He tried to set up a screen on the near sideline. He is going to be tackled. Emo caught the football for no gain, maybe a yard here on the near sideline outside the numbers, but a great recognition play by Diamante Tucker Dorsey. Malachi Emo is at great speed. Redshirt freshman has a long of 35 yards, but he's very quick. Gets the handoff on stretch play right here and breaks a tackle. He's to the 40, 45-yard line. Sam Kidd will force him out of bounds. The ball came out and backtracks to about the 47-yard line. 25 yards on that scamper. That was speed, wasn't it? It was, and he broke through. MJ Hampton is saying he was held. But, yeah, if he breaks free from that initial surge, because he is not a big guy, but if he breaks free, then all of a sudden he could be off to the races. 185 pounds, about the size of Van Horse. They go with a stretch to the near side left, and he's got another seam to the 45. Breaks a tackle, 40. Here comes Emo to the 25-20. Cuts back across the grain to the 15, to the 10-5, and he's going to score. Just like that, two stretch plays to Malachi Emo, and the Tribe finally gets on the scoreboard. As that run goes for 53 yards and a touchdown. Boy, impressive speed to the right and then back to the near side. The cannon goes off with the the score as well in the background. Greg Ross had a shot down about the 8-yard line, overran the play in the cutback. Zemo knew exactly where he was going. And the Dukes uh, let the long run. You just got through saying how long it'd be ahead of it, you know. This team had not given up more than a 23-yard play in this game. And then they give up. A couple, one almost went for 25. That one goes for 53. So just like that, William & Mary gets back into the football game. They're back within two scores. We'll come back with a kickoff with 3.27 to go in the third. It's 23-7 JMU right here on the JMU Radio Network. 
Well, three plays, 74 yards, and Emo picking them up and putting them down and put the Tribe in the end zone for six. Line drive kickoff taken by Van Horse. He's going to actually let this one trickle into the end zone. 23-7 our score. Jam you with the lead as the Tribe finally got on the scoreboard. A couple of stretch plays. Maybe they found something that, that they can go with. Under center, a stretch to the right went for... Went, ended up going for about 22 yards after he fumbled the football, and then he goes for 53 on the left side. Longest run of the season against the Dukes? It was, yep. Mm-hmm. Justin Covington, he had a 40-yarder for a score, and then he had a 60-yarder that was called back. <laughs> I that well. Would have been the longest. See if the Dukes offense can answer here. It would be nice, nice to do so. They went three and out to set up that touchdown drive. Now they show a little bit of pressure. Three-man front, hand off to Solomon Van Horse. And again, he'll get two in the middle of that defense. With Kevin that Jarrell helps make the tackle. With that score, the defense on the corners have moved up into the face of the wide receivers of JMU. If they stay in that position, a little double move and a little foot speed. It looked like single coverage the last time out with a single safety. Three minutes and four seconds left here in the third quarter. JMU again went three and out their last drive. They don't want to do the same thing here. Give momentum back to the William and Mary offense. Swing pass right side for Van Horst out of the backfield. He's to the 30-yard line trying to find a seam. Has a little bit of a hole, and he's going to have a first down run up to the 36-yard line. So a good job after the catch with some receivers on the near sideline blocking <laughs> for him, including Devin Ravenel yeah, well, and Reggie Brown. And both Ravenel, only at about 170 pounds, had tied up his man and Van Horst, nice job of just seeing and playing off of that block and getting that extra yardage and that Turkish cheese take first down. So 11 yards out of the backfield that time for Solomon Van Horst. That is his second catch of the football game. Cole now at 260 through the air and a touchdown. They've got trips to the far side left. One receiver near side right. Cole, hand off to Solomon on the right end. He's going to be hemmed in and tackled for a loss. Good job by John Pius, the outside linebacker, redshirt freshman from Arlington. He gets his... Third and a half tackle for loss. Yeah, in the pregame show, Mike Shanahan, the offensive coordinator for Jimmy, talked about Pius. He read that really well. And the double nickels on his back, he was in the backfield waiting for the JMU running back. Loss of four for Van Horse. Solomon not able to get free out as a nine-yard run in this game, but the longest run by a running back is nine for Solly. He has 10 carries and 18 yards. Latrell just 12 carries and 32 yards in the football game. Only 81 rushing yards today. Cole going to throw it deep drop. Sets up. Now scrambles. Going to dump it short for Palmer on the near sideline. Gets chopped down immediately. Short gain up to the 35-yard line. A three-yard pickup. And now a third down and 11 for JMU at their own 35-yard line. Cole Johnson, nice job as Liam Fanatel had his hands full with the defensive end on the far end for William and Mary. It's coming hard was Nate Lynn. And he was able to step forward in the pocket and make that completion, get some positive yardage out of it. But a long third down coming up here at your own 35. Dukes are 5 of 12 on third down. Reggie Brown's going to come off the field late. Plenty of time on the play clock. Four receivers set. Antoine Wells on the near sideline. He's the only receiver on this near. Three to the far side left. Van Horse. Here comes the blitz. They pick it up. Plenty of time for Cole. Steps up in the pocket. Has to scramble away. Gets hit and goes down for the first time of the game. Going to be sacked back at the 29-yard line. Great job down the field because he had plenty of time to throw it, but eventually got sacked by Nate Lynn. Well, he was had an opportunity to run with the ball and then kind of wanted to wait just a minute to see if something opened up late. And with that, the rush caught up to him. So now the Tribe have made this a game. Mm-hmm. They score. They don't get a three and out, but they only give up one first down. 
And now James Madison has to punt again, and they could get fairly good field position here. 27 seconds left in the quarter. See Kelly angle this away from the return man. Good snap. Short kick. It's going to take a bounce, though, for JMU. And hit one of the tribe. It's to the 24-yard line. They'll mark it to the 28. That's where it was touched by Kendrick. And it will be William & Mary football as they jump on it. So they'll have the football. They're on 28-yard line. Good job to flip the field that time by Harry O'Kelly with 13 seconds left here in the third quarter. Again, JMU leading William & Mary 23-7. to Well, you're right. That was a good play to be able to flip that field. And Kendrick realized it bounced up into him as he had retreated to block. Was able to get on it for William & Mary. So this is probably the biggest series of the game for yep. the Tribe so far. See if they come back with Emu again. And the back judge comes in to stop the play. What's the discussion here? <laughs> Do we need another replay? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. So the officials talking things over. We Mayor had gotten to the line of scrimmage. Both teams just standing with hands on hip. By the way, with 90 seconds to go in... Uh, Harrisonburg, it's 55-53 JMU over ODU. Back and forth, those two teams go in a tight one. Can you tell who has the ball in that, with that little two time free throws were just made by the Dukes. Takel Molson, so ODU's got the football back. And they're going to move the football Basketball. now back to the 24-yard line where it was recovered after it was touched. So they, they originally put it where it was touched. Now they put it back to where it was recovered. Here was a handoff to Emo again. Hit and drop for a loss. It was Kelvin Azanama for a one-yard loss. Another TFL for number seven. And the Dukes will put them behind the chains at second and 11. And that will be the final play of the third quarter. At the end of three here in Williamsburg, it's 23-7. James Madison over William and Mary. We'll come back with the final stands of our football game as we continue with James Madison football on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. Three chapters completed this afternoon's ball game. We started in the bright sunshine, and it, by the first half, it was pretty dark here at Zabel Stadium on the campus of the College of William and Mary. Why do they shoot that off I'm not, at that point? I'm not sure. I'm veterans necessitate you here if that continues. Okay. <laughs> 334 <laughs> yards for the Dukes, 184 William and Mary in this contest, but a scoring drive just a moment ago. 21st downs for the Duke, 8 4. The Tribe. The Dukes uh, 5 of 13 on third down, 0 for 8. William and Mary in this ballgame, Dukes 1 of 2 on fourth down. 66 offensive plays to 36 for the Tribe here today. Hollis Mathis for the Tribe, 4 of 9 for just 25 yards passing. Cole Johnson for the Dukes, 21 of 35, 263, one touchdown in this ballgame. Latrell Palmer now the leading ball carrier, 12 carries and 32 yards only in this ballgame. Boy, Antoine Wells having a good game here today. Seven catches, 82 yards, his long of 20. Chris Thornton with five catches and 75. Ravenel with the catch, three for 24. Van Horst, two for 14. Painter, one for 27. Brown, one for 26. Bracey, one for 12. And Palmer of the backfield, one for three here on the afternoon. Pretty much the story here. Emo leads the rushers with 96 yards. When was the last time the Dukes gave up a 100-yard rusher, Mm. huh? Hopefully not today. As long as 53, that was the score a moment ago. They throw a screen left sideline. It's caught by Burdick, the receiver, and he's got a seam and a first down to the 35-40. Cuts across the football field to the 45-50. He's going to be tackled on that midfield logo. 
by Chris Chukwinecki into JMU territory at the 49. So they moved the chains there with a gain of 28 yards. Boy, it was a good-looking play, and it was blocked well on the outside. Little t- wide receiver screen, and they slant, and they go tempo with this offense for the try. All of a sudden, they found some plays that work against this D after being shut down for almost three complete quarters. Three big plays. Hand off to Emo again, and he gets stuck. It's Sam, Sam Kidd. Kidd who makes the tackle after about a three-yard gain off the left side, but if he doesn't make the tackle, he's off another big run. Yeah, he's, he's in the end zone. If Kidd doesn't come up and make that one, it for sure going to the left. And that was that same stretch run that time to the left side. He comes out. He looked shaken up. He is shaken up. Oh, yeah. He took a big hit by Sam. So, it'll be Yoder in the football game. And he's got a huge hole. And he's off to the races. One man to beat to the 15-10-5. And he will get to the end zone. Touchdown, William and Mary from 46 yards away. All of a sudden, they have found some plays that work. And this defense had not allowed a 40-yard run. This se- or had allowed just one 40-yard run this year. Now two here in the last five minutes of play. And William & Mary will go for two and try to make this a one-score football game. That's a wise move to go for two. But I'll tell you what, they've opened up some holes. Almost like the JMU defense has overrun everything, come up the field so far. Almost too aggressive. Too aggressive, I would agree. And if it run past, and the speed of the backs, all they needed was one block on the line to spring them into the secondary. Running to the weak side of the field, meaning receivers to the far side, and they run back to the near. And that made it very difficult for anyone in the secondary for JMU to catch him as he runs to the corner away from everyone. The two teams playing cat and mouse now on this two-point conversion. This is a big play because obviously they could make it a one-possession football game. The sideline looking to see who's in the game for William & Mary to who, see who they want to put on the football field, where depending did, on the personnel. Where did this thing change, my friend? These stretch plays, we didn't see a lot of them early in this game. All of a sudden, they found the stretch plays have worked. I saw them on film. I saw where they ran them quite often, but they had not against JMU up to that point. Four receivers to the left side now. Yoder comes in motion. They're on option to the near side right. Hollis will pitch to Yoder, and he will. Did he get there? He did. Just barely extends over the goal line. He is in, and it's a one-possession game. 23-15, William & Mary Back within a score as they score on their first possession of this fourth quarter. 23-15 with a minute gone by here in the fourth. Now Mathis running the option to the right side, and he had his running back just outside him. He could have kept it himself and possibly cut inside and lengthened it out, but elected to pitch it, which can be rather dangerous down at that short area, but it was converted and just get again. Time out on the field, so we'll step aside. 14-02 to go in the fourth quarter. Buckle up, stay tuned. 23-15 now our score. JMU over William & Mary as we continue with James Madison football on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. Well, all of a sudden, William & Mary has caught fire and some long running plays in touchdown in this ballgame. This is a ballgame, 23-15. What was our score at the half? It was uh, 13-0. Well, it was 23-0, and the Deuce got the football back after a three and out for William & Mary after they had the INT and then scored the touchdown. And then they went three and out, gave it back, then they scored quickly on a 74-yard drive, and things certainly have changed. We Mary looked dead in the water when Sam they Kidd did. picked off the pass, and the Dukes were able to get a Cole Johnson touchdown. And uh, after that, began to convert some third downs. And I mean, not third downs, but able to convert long runs. And right now the Dukes' defense is either out of alignment 
but they appeared, both Dave and I talked during the break about being up the field, almost penetrating too far and overrunning the play. It just does seem like they're almost too aggressive. They're running by the back right now. That was a four-play, 76-yard drive, only a minute and 11 seconds, more importantly, off the clock. After a four-play, 74-yard drive, and again, nothing was in the air. It's all been on the ground except for the screen pass to Burdick on the one play to to start that drive. By the way, JMU men's basketball going to win against ODU up 58-53 with six seconds left. Good win for... Coach Byington's basketball team, they're 2-0. Dukes have the ball with six left, six ticks left. Yes, they do. Here's All a right. kickoff that Solomon Van Horse is going to take from his goal line. He will return this thing, come to the near side between the numbers, and he jumps over the 20-yard line and lands at about the 22. So first and 10 for JMU. And now a monster drive for this offense. They've had now the last two drives, nine plays and two punts. They had a three and out, and then one first down, and then they had a three and out so they've got to get something going offensively and they have not been able to establish a run game right now just 71 rushing yards in the game so if you're waving mary in this century defensively you don't need to gamble here no you just need to play your base defense and control the what's in front of them to try to get the dukes off the field and now the officials call time the referee has called time they went to look at the monitor at the last break to make sure that the two-point conversion was good it was and now they call another timeout, and they are good to go now. <laughs> and the referees have been, officials have been more on the score today or on the screen than the players. Here is Cole Johnson, play action pass, deep drop, sets up, now scrambles to the near side. He's going to take off and run, and he will slide near the 30-yard line. They'll mark him at the 29 where he began the slide, so a gain of about seven yards for Cole Johnson. That's one thing. They haven't protected him great today. He's had to scramble and avoid some sacks. You talked about his footwork in the pocket that has been really good. Officially, he's just been sacked one time in this game. Chris Thornton was about 40 yards down the field, so a lot of deep patterns called for on that play. He wanted to take a shot down the football field. Second down and three, football thrown, 29-yard line. Cole, three-step drop, looks near sideline, fade for Antoine Wells Jr., one-on-one, makes the catch over his shoulder into William and Mary territory at the 40-yard line, down inside the 30. A big play to Antoine Wells Jr. to the 28 of the tribe. Boy, he's been really abused out there. Again, Ryan Poole, they've been picking on him, it seems like, all day long, and Cole dropped it in the bucket again. Mm. And then Antoine got yards after the catch, dragging the tackler. Day. And he really has. He's been really strong with the football after he catches it. That goes for 43. Now 8 for 125 for Antoine Wells. Hand off to Latrell. Cut back run of the 20. He powers for two more to the 23-yard line for a gain of five on first down. So now, again, that playbook is wide open on second and five. They took a shot on second and three, which I definitely like as well. That was a nice uh, job by the offensive line. He actually, uh, Latrell actually saw some open light in front of him there for a few moments on the cutback. It was a zone play to the right. He cut back left. Wells and Thornton split to the near side left. Reggie Brown to the far side right. The tight end is Drew Painter. He's a wing on the right side. Van Horst, the back, will shift to the right of Cole Johnson. Claps his hands. Chest high snap. Looks near sideline again. Looks over the middle. Going to take off. He will run. Lots of turf to run to the 15, to the 10, and slides down near the 10-yard line. It will be first and goal from the 10 after the scramble of 13 yards by Cole Johnson. What a nice answer by the JMU offense here as they get inside the O'Neill red zone and Urgis Cheesecake first down on the scramble by Cole. It's all the backs had kind of turned their back to him. In the middle of the field, I saw it before the play was wide open in the middle. 
First and goal from the 10-yard line. Solly stays in the game. He's the back to the left of Cole Johnson. Shifts to the right now. Two receivers to the near side left. Cole drops back to throw. Looks over the middle. Going to find Chris Thornton, but it's a little bit too tall for him, and it's incomplete. Pretty good coverage that time on the plays. We'll have a second down and goal from the 10-yard line. On that same side of the field, Solomon Van Horse had slipped into the flat, was open early in that play, but Cole held the ball a little longer, waiting for Thornton to undercover. By the way, Antoine at 125 is over 100 for the fourth time this year, sixth in his young career. Always like it when... Antoine's on this left side, and that is the wide side of the field. A lot to work with over here. So he and Thornton are to this near side left. Brown is to the far side right. Cole Johnson looks to the right side, looks over the middle, goes to the corner of the end zone, and falling down was Reggie Brown. Came out of his cut about halfway back in the end zone as he went to cut to the corner. Not sure anything was there anyway. Now Cole may have elected at that point seeing him go down to sling it out of the back of the end zone to avoid any type of turnover. Brings up third down here and this is where you really need six again yeah. here at this ball game 23 to 12, 15 again obviously coach Signetti and this offensive staff that you want to at least get three because then it's a two-score game again but yeah you don't feel comfortable just, I don't feel you, comfortable with just three here in this game. 1148 to let go in the ball game Thornton now and Painter to the near side left now they look to go over the middle of the football field. Antoine's open, and he can't make the catch. He went to go block instead of trying to catch the football, and it went right by him. I think he thought it was going to go to somebody else, and he was going to block, but miscommunication because he was open at about the two-yard line. Yeah, right behind him was the tight end, Noah Turner. But I don't think that was any way that that was headed towards Noah. I'm pretty sure that was for Antoine, and he almost ducked out of the way and tried to block. Uh, I think that would have been Looking for contact, maybe. I think that would have been six had he... Been able to catch the football. So Ethan Ratke on for his fourth field goal of this football game. 37-yard attempt that is away, and it is good again. He extends his NCAA record. Maybe to never be broken. Pretty good chance of that, and it does extend the lead. And now 26-15, to 15, James Madison leading by two scores again, up 11 with 11.39 to play here in the fourth quarter. Big drive by the Dukes in answering that score by William and Mary as they go eight plays, 68 yards, 223 off the clock. Some good cut cluck catches in that ball game and uh, good runs by Cole Johnson, who on the afternoon uh, right now is uh, nine rushes for 46 yards, all of them very, very important runs in this contest. Ethan Ratke is now 26 out of 28 this year. Yep. He's now one off his single-season record that he set back in 2019 which is good and bad. <laughs> it's good that he has made that many field goals. It's bad he's attempted that many field goals already, and we are not through the regular season yet. Well, and he would be <laughs> the first to tell you that. You know, he said, you know, I'd rather them score six. I'm not, I'm not in here for it. I've got my records. I don't need any. I'm not looking for glory here. But the fact that Automatica can go out there and do that has to feel awfully good for every JMU fan. And wherever you are, again, we're happy you joined us here tonight. Good crowd on hand here at Zabel Stadium in Williamsburg, Virginia. The Dukes and the William Mary Tribe. 11.39 to go. Here's the kickoff by Camden Wise. Sky kick on the right side. No one's there. They're going to come get it. Yoder, I believe, is the one that's going to come get that thing, and he's going to be tackled about the 24-yard line. So we returned it for only about six yards. Good kick by Wise. But, again, that coverage able to get down there and make sure that they can't get any more than, uh, than possible. 26-15 now, an 11-point lead with 11.35 to play in the fourth quarter. 
Neymar with 99 yards on 10 carries. So he's averaging nearly 10 yards a carry. He has some two big runs here in the second half that have netted a bunch of points. You know, about three drives ago, I mentioned the yardage was like 337 to to 107. You did. (laughs) All of a sudden, now they've got 257, and almost all that's been on the ground. Let's see what adjustment Coach Heatherman and his defense have made. Guess what? A stretch play. Guess what? It's going to go for yardage, but it won't go for 54 or 40, whatever it was, in a touchdown. It goes for about five, though, off the right side this time. Looks like they brought in another offensive lineman or another tight end. They've got a little more blocking up front in this line and less wide receivers. And right now out there for Kelvin Azanama is Mateo Jackson. So no Kelvin Azanama. Here's a handoff to Emo, and a good job defensively this time. They stack him up for a loss. Thurston was right there. Bryce Carter was the initial man to make the tackle, and Torres Carroll helped out. So now a third down coming up, and they do bring in some extra receivers now on this play. Yeah, Bryce Carter did nice job of standing tough in the hole. Great job. And able to see and not allow that cutback on the stretch. This is probably no bigger third down in this ballgame for JMU's defense. As it's been, and the Dukes have to get to the line as William Mary's already there. They still have not converted a third down of the game. They're 0 for 8. How do you have 20, uh, 15 points and you don't have a third down conversion? They fake a toss sweep, set up a screen near sideline. Nowhere to go for Burdick, and he's clobbered back near the 25-yard line. A loss in the play of about three. Great job by Mateo Jackson, Bryce Carter, MJ Hampton, and Mike Green was out there as well, but a loss in the play, and that's a big three and out forced by the JMU defense. And if you saw that, if you could see it, fans, it was that that, that play was to the way outside, near the sideline, and you had down linemen, as Dave said, in Carter and Green out there in the middle of that pass play. Those are athletic young men. That's why they're on the, the, the big man lineup of the goal line, because they're athletic. Fourth and ten, they will try and punt the football away, and they will get it away this time. Whitehurst will kick it to Stroba, who will try and get a little bit of a seam. He's to the 40-yard line, and out of bounds near the 43-yard line. So will take over close to midfield. Good little return there, not letting that ball go by, and not calling the fair catch, getting some positive yardage, good field position for this JMU offense. And I think we're going to see a little bit of um, – a little bit of uh, tempo offense, injured player down for William and Mary back behind the play. And that'll send us to immediate timeout, so we will step aside. 9.47 a play in the fourth quarter. JMU with the football, up two scores, up 26-15 here on the road as we continue from Williamsburg. This is James Madison Football on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. Well, the Dukes started the scoring this afternoon with a field goal by Ratke. He added another one to make it 6 nothing. then a touchdown to Chris Thornton of 30 yards for JMU. A field goal by Ratke, make it 16 to nothing, as Dave told you. Then a touchdown by Cole Johnson for two yards out, made it 23 to nothing. And all of a sudden, then two quick scores by William and Mary on a 53-yard run and a 46-yard run to make it and a two-point conversion to make it a 23-15. Ratke just added a 27-yarder a moment ago to make it 26-15. JMU here. We hope you've enjoyed our broadcast this afternoon. The Dukes will have one final regular season game next week, what, a 2 o'clock kickoff against Towson. That is correct. And back at Bridgeforth, and we're going to send these seniors out for their final regular season game and then hopefully get a few more playoff games in Bridgeforth as well if it all checks out well. At this point, Looks pretty good, but got to finish the job right here. Up 11 points with a football now. 26-15, handoff to Solomon Van Horse. He cuts back across the grain to about the 45-yard line and picks up three on first down. Get the longest run by a back is nine yards by Solomon. 
He only has now 17 yards on 12 carries. Latrell Palmer has 13 carries and 37 yards. Cole Johnson, nine carries, 46 yards, and a touchdown. They've been timely runs by Cole Johnson. Nicely placed in the ballgame, being able to extend plays, stepping up. Dukes, though, when they have a lead in the fourth quarter, they want to take time. They want to run the football. Extensions of the run game with the pass. Both teams with two timeouts remaining in this contest. Painter comes in motion. Here's a counter play. Solomon Van Horse around the right side, breaks a tackle, gets four around the right end. He's to the 49-yard line between the hash and the numbers. It'll be a third down and about three yards coming up from their own 49-yard line. Under nine to play here in the fourth. About this time, you'll start to see the defenses start to crowd the line of scrimmage a little bit more. Every once in a while, you can get something free in the secondary because of the safeties creeping up to shut down the run. By the way, Cole Johnson at 306 yards in the football game. Kind of a quiet 306, but it's his third 300-yard game of the season. Third down and three. Football thrown 49-yard line. Dukes moving right to left. Cole looking to the left side. Over the middle. Wide open Van Horst in the backfield. Angles right side outside the numbers of the 40. To the 35. Breaks a tackle with a 32-yard line. And they pick up 19 yards and move the chains on third down. Wide receivers went deep on the outside. Cleared out the middle. Little check down over. As they wheel right into right over where the middle linebacker would be. Cole hit him with a nice little pass. And Solly knew exactly what to do with the football. Set up a block well on the outside. The Dukes with a Urgish cheesesteak first down. Now up to 23 of them on the game. Just 10 for Wayman Mary. Eight to play. Trying to maybe put this game out of reach with a touchdown. Two receivers near side left. Palmer back in the football game. Motion from Painter. Now the tight end is away on the left side. It's going to be a play pass. Antoine Wells makes the catch. Circles back inside. And he's across the 25 to the 23-yard line. Close to a 10-yard gain, about nine on that play, but Antoine with his ninth catch of the football game. You know, before that ball even arrived in his hands, he knew exactly where he was going to make that inside cut move. You could see him kind of setting his body in place of that. So a nine-yard gain, as you said, and now the officials may may say it might be a first down. It's not, but... Yeah, it looks like a football length shy. I would agree with you. At least, yep. Don't take your time and measure. Just go. 7.42 7.42 with this clock stoppage here in the Dukes. In good shape right now at the 23. Antoine now with that ninth catch. That's a career-high catches in a football game for Antoine. Second down and less than a yard to go. Football at the 23-yard line of William & Mary. Seven and a half to go halfway through the fourth quarter. Thornton comes in motion. He's just off the right tackle this time. Hand off to Latrell Palmer. Hesitates, has a first down, and Falls forward for another yard or so to the 21-yard line. So that'll be a first and 10 for the Dukes. Another Ergie's cheesesteak first down. They'll let that play clock run down in this. There'll be no hurry making this play call at this particular point. Latrell Palmer gets up finally after all the bodies are off of him, and he points for a first down for the Dukes. Now you know he would like to. Sports Maryland product would love to take it to the house on a up the middle play if he could. Two receivers right side now. Painter goes in motion. We have not seen Clayton Cheatham here since he got injured. Here's a handoff to Latrell again. Running off the right side between the guard and the tackle. And he will get up to the 17-yard line for a gain of four. They're back inside the O'Neill's Grill red zone. They've scored every time in the red zone, which is good. But, again, four of them have gone for field goals. That was a good tough run inside. Like the way he put his head down, drove in, got the extra yardage. On it, not a long run, but an effective run. Now ball in the middle of the field. 
And more importantly, the clock continues to run. But now on this season, JMU has been in the red zone prior to this one 48 times and only 23 touchdowns. Now less than 50% in the red zone they get touchdowns. Second down and six, football at the 17-yard line. Zone read, handoff, Latrell bounces outside. He's got a close to a first down run. As he bounced around the right end this time, he might be just short between the 11 and 12-yard line. Coming up to make the tackle was the safety that time, Marcus Barnes. Yeah, big load for him to Barnes to bring on Latrell. And Barnes is down on the ground limping because he took the brunt of that hit. Latrell, 220 pounds, and you're running at him full steam, and He's saying, hmm, I think I'll take a rest here for just a moment. He was looking at the sideline and couldn't barely put any pressure on his left leg, and I think they just said, drop. Just go down. That will stop play right now. Then we'll come out to you. Just drop. Because obviously you can't even walk right now. So he went down. They come out and look at him, and hopefully he's okay. But, again, you mentioned the size of Luttrell, and that's, his, that's the style of running back that he is. And Boy, you're right. He would love to get back in the end zone. He has not scored since game one. He had two touchdowns, and the win over Moorhead State has not scored since. And that does a lot for your confidence if you're able to. It does a lot for this offensive line's confidence. And had the Dukes in the first half had a first and goal from like the one, but not able to crash it in. I mean, they only have 11 rushing touchdowns all year, and five have come from their, their starting quarterback. But how can you argue with the results as far as the record and everything else? No and, question. And the Dukes, of course, we talked in the pregame show, and we hope fans enjoyed our conversations with coaches and whatnot today, that this team has kind of turned into this passing attack because of the weapons on the outside, because of Coles Johnson's accuracy, because of a, a lot of reasons. And now when they add Ravenel into this and get, they get four wide receivers with a you know, and getting Bracey back, it makes them even a little more dangerous. So now jogging off the field is Barnes. I think it was a cramp issue for him. And look at Cole today. I mean, it's kind of a quiet 334 yards now in this football game. And a lot of this, again, short passes on the outside, kind of an extension of this run game with the RPOs that everybody runs these days, the run pass options. Cole has the, the option to either hand the ball off or throw it. A lot of times he'll elect to throw the football to Antoine and Chris and those guys. So now they've got the football third down and one. Football at the 12-yard line of William & Mary. Trying to put this game away with a touchdown to make it a three-score game. Latrell Palmer is in the backfield. No return of the attached tight end here on the near side to the left. The wing on the left side is Drew Painter. Cole fakes the snap, one receiver each way. Let that play clock run down as the game clock is also ticking down. They've got to be in their stance for a long, long time. There's still 12 to go on the play clock. He fakes the snap again. Now Thornton will come in motion. He's also winging on the left side. Hand off to Latrell Palmer, and he has enough for the first down. Didn't get much more than that. He got one to the 11. That's what he needed, and I believe it'll be enough for a first down. Tashawn Wyatt providing that hole in the left guard position. They may have to measure this, actually. It's not a great spot. You know, this game, much like the Richmond game, so many of the kids on both sides lived in this area, went to high school here. They're, they may not even measure. They're going to say it's fourth down. Wow. Coach Signetti is over by the, the stick saying, well, he's putting going, his hands in here like, why don't we measure this just to be sure? He's not been happy. Neither coach have been no, happy with this not. officiating crew today. And William Murray actually calls a timeout here because they, they need to hold the deuce to three, obviously. That will leave William & Mary with one timeout to go in the ballgame. So. And there's another injured tribe. 
He oh, is in the end zone right now. I think it's another cramp. Stretching out the right knee. You can't see exactly who it is. So they may not have called a timeout, but they've got to hold the Dukes to three here if they can to keep this a two-score football game. A touchdown probably seals this victory with 4.58 to play in the fourth quarter. Mentioned earlier some of the scores from around the CA. Let's take a look around the league. It's brought to you by Centera. Villanova took care of Stony Brook 33-14. Rhode Island took care of New Hampshire 28-3. It was Richmond 51, Delaware 27. The Blue Hens season probably going to end next week because they had some playoff hoops. Second half of the year for Richmond. They put, they're up to 5-5 five 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 now. They put some games back-to-back for Coach Usman. Kind of matters when you get your quarterback back, right? It does. Um, UMass got clobbered by Maine, 35-10. to 10. UMass is not good. Albany gets their second straight win, a non-league win. They beat Morgan State 41-14. to 14. And then also today, JMU Volleyball swept Hofstra. If they win tomorrow against Hofstra, they will at least share a conference championship in the regular season. Rhode Island. Uh, did you get the Rhode Island beat New Hampshire? 28-3, to 3, I did. Okay. Again, Rhode Island. Getting back in the That's their race. seventh win, so probably yeah. going to be a playoff team. Because they have an FBS win early in the season. New Hampshire's just fallen on hard times. They can't score. They've been really, really hampered. Yep. No, we, we saw that firsthand back in week four. Sure. And the JMU men's basketball team took care of ODU today. 58-53, hard-fought win today for Coach Byington. That's a good way to win a basketball game. Find a way to win a, an ugly game like that. Close ball game. Especially after what happened mm-hmm. on Wednesday. To, to find a way to win a game like that is impressive and good to see from that bunch. As they're off to a 2-0 start, they'll be at Eastern Kentucky on Tuesday for their next game. Well, we'd certainly uh, encourage fans to get out to the Atlantic Union Bank Center. They play tomorrow against the fourth-ranked Maryland Terrapins. Uh, the women, the women the, do. The women tomorrow afternoon. I think it's a 2 o'clock, 1 it o'clock. Two, 2 o'clock tip. 2 o'clock tip. So Atlantic Union Bank Center, the site. If you haven't been to the arena, it is worth your while. There's not a bad seat in the house. I have sat in the top row, middle section, and the lower, and it's all very similar. And the noise in that building, the atmosphere is electric. It was the other night. It will be tomorrow as well. Dukes will go for it fourth down and less than a yard. They will wait and let the play clock run and not even get into a stance. No need to. With 30 seconds on the play clock, the clock is rolling at 445. So William Mary was not charged with that timeout due to the injury. Coach London did not call a timeout, so. They have two. They have two remaining. They need a stop right here. They've got to hold them to three or get this turnover on downs. Palmer the back, the left of Cole Johnson. Cole faking the snap multiple times. Eight seconds. I think Coach Signetti is going to call a timeout. They are trying to get them. He's walking near the official, and he will call a timeout. So they will burn the timeout, and now does he bring the field goal unit on? It would make it a 14-point game, but still a two-possession game. Interesting. He still may not do it, and he's going to send his specialist back. Sorry, fellas. Now they're actually going to warm up, so they may still, but he's going to have both units on on the field. Well, it was interesting. I, the reaction to Cole Potts and Nick Kidwell, the two right guard and right tackle, when the timeout was called, they both turned to the sidelines and kind of opened up their hands saying, we want this, kind of was the impression I had. We want to run this play. And he may, he may listen to his, but now the offense is retreating to the sideline. Interesting. It's, this is going to keep William and Mary in the game. Because it's going to be a 14-point lead if he makes it. What I worry about are, are blocks in this situation, of course. I'm surprised he's not going for this. Because less than one. Again, this you can still draw people offside on a field goal. 
a touchdown. They go up and get seven points here. It's going to be a three-score game. Puts game out of reach. Radke will attempt. It'll be a 29-yard field goal, and the kick is good. So he extends his record, but it's still a two-score game. William & Mary does its job. We'll come back with a kickoff with 4-12 to go in the fourth. 29-15 JMU right here on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. 29-15 with 4-12 to go. Here's the kickoff by Camden Wise, and I'm not sure why Yoder is going to return it, but he will going backward to his goal line and gets shoved out of bounds shy of the 25 by Mateo Jackson at about the 23. Got more than I thought he would, but... Yoder does return this thing for about 23 yards in the offense for the try back on the field, but it is a two-score game still because of the field goal, 29-15. I guess the thinking coach Signetti, you make this a full two scores, but also a team like this may want to try and go for two to try and beat you. You we'll, never we'll know. A- we'll ask him about that. The Dukes did milk five minutes and 35 seconds off the clock, going 46 yards on nine plays, the 29-yard field goal by Automatica. His fifth of the football game. Only five. Here's a handoff. And getting tackled immediately was by Isaac Iukwu was Malachi Emu. Isaac said, I'm tired of seeing that number 28 run by me like that. I'm going to make sure I'm going to sling him down to the deck and back to the line of scrimmage quickly are the tribe. By the way, this is the most points Ethan Ratke has scored in a game in his career. We talk about all the career points. He's, this is the most he's scored in his career, 17 total points. Here's the pitch left sideline. It's on the ground, diving Chris Chukwinecki, and he's got it. A bad pitch on the option, and Chuck was right there. Jumps on the football, and JMU forces the second turnover in the game. Yeah, a lot of pressure up the field and into the backfield, creating that problem. And the quarterback, Mathis, turning this ball over, and the Dukes will salt this one away with 3.38 left to go. Deep in William & Mary territory. Similar to the play he made against Richmond on that fumble that was loose. He came diving in. And a good job by Chuck to go get that football. He's always around it, isn't he? That's his third recovery of a fumble this season. So now the JMU offense can put this thing away. So now the field goal looks perfect for Coach <laughs> Doesn't it? Absolutely. He knew exactly what was going to happen. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. That's sure. Two receivers near side left. Sits in that big chair. You're right. Latrell Palmer is the back. Thornton goes in motion across the formation of the far side. Clapping his hands is Cole. Handoff. Latrell spins away in the backfield and scrambles back to the line of scrimmage. Tayshawn Wyatt again got pushed into the backfield and Latrell ran right into the back of his left guard. Had to spin quickly to get away from that. And did everybody for William Mary up tight to the line of scrimmage. A lot of the William & Mary faithful now leaving Zabel Stadium after that turnover with 3.15 to go in the fourth quarter. Dukes in command. By the way, Montana State, who's ranked third, survived today against oh. Idaho, 20-13. Oh. Vandals couldn't do it, huh? Wow. So that'll be Montana-Montana State next week. And I think Duke, Duke's fans should probably be fans of Montana. Yeah, Montana's not in the Grizzly. Haven't had a great season this year. Here's a pass, going to throw a fade near the left sideline. Antoine Wills over the shoulder, and he had it in his hands, couldn't make the catch. Flag. There is a flag on the play, though, and a pass interference is going to be called on Marcus Barnes. You know, I tell you what, I don't know what better coverage you could have had. It was very difficult. The field judge and everybody talking about it now, they may pick this thing up. That was really, really difficult, and they, I think they, they are, are going to pick it up. Yep. They are, yep. Boy, that was a well-thrown ball. It's right in the spot. Just good coverage by Barnes. Yeah, it was. He, he was right in his pocket. I didn't see any weird type of contact or anything like that. 
was very close. And Antoine had an opportunity. Mm. Almost had his 10th catch of the football game. Yeah. But he may get another one. Yep. Third down. Third down, 10 football at the 14 as they're in the O'Neill's Grow Red Zone immediately after that fumble recovery. 2.46 left here in the fourth quarter. Solomon Van Horst will check into the football game for Latrell Palmer. Those are the only two backs we've seen so far today. A little swing pass to Solly might be in the networks here too. Two tight end formation, two receivers to the near side left. Here's a run to Van Horst, and he will get about three around the right end. Not much there, and it will be a timeout for Mike London and the Tribe. Going to give him just two on that carry, so a fourth down coming up. Jamie now just 6 of 17 on fourth down, con- or excuse me, third down conversions, which means after going four for eight, they're two for their last nine. They have struggled in the second half on third down conversions. And by the way, the Tribe have zero third down conversions. They are 0 for 9. They just had, honestly, they had two drives that were quick play drives. Other than that, they have not done much this afternoon into this evening as it's 29-15. And now trying for his sixth field goal of the football game is JMU kicker Ethan Ratke. Well, he tied his record of, of career high as five. He's on pace to get about 200 field goals now. I mean, what record will he not have when his career is over? I mean, is there anything left out there, Dave? No. There is not. There is not. Except to be the all-time leading scorer of any position. Right. If he, yes, to catch uh, Brian Westbrook, right. Here's a 30-yard attempt by Ethan Ratke, and there is number 100 in the career of Ethan Ratke, his 100th three-pointer. This one from 30 yards out extends the Dukes' lead to 32-15 with 2.37 left. Now it's a three-score lead on the Tribe here at Zabel Stadium. We'll come back with a kickoff as we continue on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. A sky kick on the bounce taken by Yoder on the far left sideline, and he's out of bounds just shy of the 30 at the 28-yard line. But Ethan Ratke with his sixth field goal of the game, which is now a new JMU record. A four-play, one-yard drive that took a minute off the clock and it extends the lead to 32-15. JMU up three scores and in command of this football game, about to move to 9-1 and one with their fifth straight win. Hard-fought win as William & Mary rallied here yeah, in the second half to make this a game. It's been very physical, and I've been looking for Clayton Cheatham, and I have not seen him on the sidelines. We'll check after the game. Tenth fumble recovery for, set up that drive by JMU. JMU has won the turnover rate battle today. They take a deep shot down the field for Burdick, who was open if he could drop it in the bucket, but he wasn't even close. Missed by about 10 yards. They just don't have the ability to, to drop back and throw it. They've got to use some smoke and mirrors to be able to throw the football down the field and just just nothing. They just aren't – they don't have that type of They're not of team. wired that way just nope, yet. Nope, they're not. And, and they're wired to their personnel and kind of how they want to do things. They do wow. things a little bit different than other teams, and it's worked for them. They have, their identity they figured out about midway, you know, about third or fourth game of the season was we can run the ball. That is one thing we can do. And they've proven that here today as well. First team to get over 200 rushing yards against the – oh, they did. Now they're down to 198 after losing a couple last time. <laughs> so they're under 200 right, a little yards. under 200. Here we go. There's a toss sweep. Now it's going to be a running back that's going to throw it. Kendrick, yeah, I had a man wide open and missed him. So, again, I mentioned earlier in the broadcast that eight different members of this football team have thrown the ball, six non-quarterbacks, and that's Drayshawn Kendrick, the running back slash receiver who was lined up at running back, took the toss sweep and is – 
pass down the field was incomplete. Looking for Blackman, and he was open as the defensive sucked up. Wayne Davis was closest for the JMU defense. So JMU won't be totally you know, excited about their defensive effort here today, but the fact that you may hold this team to 0 for 9 on third down Here's their 10th try right one. now. So let's see if the Dukes can keep this over alive here today. Two backs in this formation, one to each side of Hollis Mathis. Takes a snap. He'll throw it. Here comes pressure from the outside. Steps up. We'll take off and run. There's a penalty flag that will bring this back. It's going to be a hold. He tried to get the first down, and they will give it to him, but it's going to come back. This will be the seventh penalty on William & Mary in the football game. And a couple of the Dukes got deep in there to force the – Quarterback out of the pocket, and he does what he does best. He uses foot speed to get the first down. Sam Kidd may have been the one held. It's a chop block below the waist, no, so it's okay, a personal a foul. So I'll move it back 15. So still over at this point. unlikely to get this one with a uh, third and 25 coming up. 2.15 left in the fourth quarter, 32-15 James Madison. While the first, first half went fairly quickly here this evening, second half is... Seen its share of slowdown. You know, something I brought up with Coach Signetti on pregame was the lack of penalties lately, which has been really nice to True. see. Three True. last week, mm-hmm. three today. Love so it. they are keeping the penalties at bay here the last few weeks of the regular season. Two receivers near side right. Kendrick goes in orbit motion behind the backs. Here's a handoff, and will they? Ah, dang it, they're going to get over 200 yards rushing. He's but not to, a first down. He's up to the 24-yard line for a gain of almost 10. Yoder on the carry that time, and obviously they'll go for it here on fourth down, but 0 for 10 on third down conversions. Another hard-fought win on the road. They're going to go undefeated on the road this season. Make like your plans to get out to Bridge Forest Stadium 2 o'clock next Saturday against the Towson Tigers. Here's a throw to the left sideline, up for grabs. Greg Ross is right there, and he falls down, and it's going to be... Did they get the third down complete? Well, they got a fourth down conversion because it's going to be caught this time by Burdick. But the sideline wants a pass interference. They're saying that Greg got pushed down, not thrown down. And it's going to be finally a big pass play for William and Mary. A little contact out there. I didn't think enough for a penalty. But with the sideline really unhappy, they were much closer than we are. They want to take a shot again. They'll throw it down the left side. Wide open at the 14-yard line is Blackman. He's going to score. Torres Carroll let him go. He thought Wayne Davis was going to cover. Wayne says, no, he's talking to Torres Carroll like, what are you doing? And so just like that, they had a third and 25, give up a couple of big plays, convert a fourth down catch, and now a long pass play. Not going to be make, a little bit closer than uh, what the score probably should be. Not going to make the coaching staff happy for JMU. We've seen this a few times this year, not finishing quite the right way. Or being up enough, and you kind of seem to I mean, let up just a little bit. This was a 23 nothing game that looked like the life was out of William & Mary, and then all of a sudden one play kind of changed all that. And they got back into it. This defense should not be giving up probably 335 to this offense, especially over almost 300 here in the second half. PAT is good. 108 to play here in the fourth. We'll get a quick break, come back with a kickoff. 32-22 our score as we continue on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. Well, we expect uh, William Mary to go for an onside kick. Not a surprise here with the minute eight seconds left, and they have a timeout to at their credit here as they go 45 yards touchdown on that five play, 72 yards, a minute 29. And a lot of those kind of scores here today for William Mary. Very quick strike 
situations. Their three scoring drives are, have accounted for 74, 76, and 72 yards. So there's Is that all? A hun- 200 and about 30 yards of their offense, and they have 335. So in three scoring drives here in the second half, that has been almost three-quarters of their yardage in this football game. The timeout has been called by Coach Signetti. He wanted to see how they lined up with the onside kick. So three big plays. I thought one was a 50-some yard. Oh, you're talking about the total the drive. The scoring drives. Yeah, yeah, yeah not, the, not the individual scores. The three so, drives. Yeah. Well, one was on the individual play was like 50, 40, and whatever that one was there. That was a 45-yard. So they'll try the onside here, down 10, 32-22, 108 to go in the fourth quarter. Duke send one man back deep about the 25 just as a safety. This will be Will Michael who will try the onside, and it does not, does go not get that far, but Francis Meehan is going to grab it anyway before it gets there just so they can grab the football. And the Dukes will have it, and they can kneel down a couple of times. William & Mary has one timeout remaining, but they're going to escape with a victory. Again, it really never seemed that close, although it got to a one-score football game. Women Mary made this a game in the second half, but the Dukes dominated for almost three quarters before the Tribe rallied and got back into the game. But a win is a win, and they'll move to 9-1 and one and still keep their hopes alive for one of the top seeds in the playoffs here in just two weeks. The selection Sunday, by the way, a week from tomorrow, which is hard to believe. Cole Johnson deals it down. Enough to do it one more time. A minute left here in the fourth quarter. JMU's going to finish with almost 450 of total offense. Women Mary's going to have 335. No interceptions today for Cole Johnson. Through, through Close the ball a, lot. 40, a couple 40, times. 42 yards. One was called back by penalty. But going to go for 334 in this football game. One more kneel down, and that will do it. James Madison leads wire to wire as they hold on here in Williamsburg and defeat the William & Mary Tribe by a final score of 32-22. to The Dukes have now won five consecutive football games as they improve to 9-1, and and they are now 6-1 and in league play. We'll get a break, come back with our postgame show as we continue with James Madison football on the Morris Insurance and Financial JMU Radio Network. Hey, congratulations, Ethan. How's it feel, bud? Oh, it's it's unbelievable. You know, you know. First off the bat, like I, I'm nothing without Kyle Davis and Alex Miller. Just they've been with me the whole way, and and the whole field goal unit in general, and really the whole team. This whole thing belongs to all of us. Well, you know, I know you're probably gonna enjoy this more when your football career is all said and done. But no other kicker in the history of college football has made more field goals or had more points in their career. Does that even can can you even fathom that right now? No, no, not at all. I, I, it's incredibly hard to believe that I, I never in a million years would imagine my career getting to this point, and uh, I'm just so happy I got to do it this group of guys it's it wouldn't mean anything without being able to do it with this group you know chris brooks put out this yesterday but do you remember your first field goal that you made i do yeah <laughs> it was right here at william mary yeah it's pretty, a, it, 
And that's another thing. That's just pretty crazy. It all comes full, full circle. You uh, break a record against Weber State after making the field goal a few years ago to, to win it in the playoffs. And it comes full, your first field goal is here. Your 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 uh, NCAA record field goal is here. But you know, talk about the chemistry that, that Alex and Kyle and you have right now. That that takes a lot of work to be able to build that, doesn't it? Yeah, you know. Yeah, me and Alex have been working together. Me, Alex, and Kyle have been working together for us three. It's been nine, since 19. And, uh, you know, we've, we have such a great relationship. And it really, it really wouldn't be possible without any of those guys. Do you ever have any concern on a snap or a hold? Or do you think that's going to be money every single time? No, I, I know they're going to do their job. And, you know, we all are so invested and care about this so much. And I never have a worry. Anytime I go out there, I know Kyle's going to do everything he can to get the snap right. Alex is going to get the hold down, and I can just focus on what I got to do. And basically, you know, the whole line and protection unit, you know, I know they're put it on the line for me, and I couldn't be more grateful for all them. Obviously, you were hard on yourself after the Nova game, but you haven't missed since. Was that a, was that challenge to overcome that, or is that kind of is that a strength of yours to be able to kind of move on to the next kick? Uh. It was certainly a challenge. I, I haven't experienced, you know, anything, a setback like that before. And um, really, I got through it, I think, because so many guys on the team, everybody on the team and all of our coaches just rallied behind me and, you know, gave me their support and, and their faith in me. And and that enabled me to have more faith in myself to keep going. Because back, back then, we still had a lot of season left. So, you know, I knew I had to step it back up. You know, is that something, it, it seems like it is, and being around you guys now for most of this year, it's been fun to see the chemistry and the camaraderie and just the brotherhood that you guys have. It, that's real, isn't it? Yeah, it's all it's all real. Like, this, you know, these guys uh, mean so much to me, and it, it just means so much to me that all the support they give me. And this group of specialists, you know, we've all been together for a really long time. And, and uh, you know, I could be more grateful, and I'm, I'm sad that this is my last season here with all these guys, but I'm happy the way it's going. I hope we get to finish strong. Is it frustrating, though, at times that, oh, man, I have to come in for another short field goal. I wish the offense would just get in the end zone. Yeah, you know, <laughs> obviously we want, definitely want to score, and I would, take, I would take six touchdowns over six field goals any day, but, you know, we, we got the points that we needed, and that's all that counts. Do you have a routine you go through on the sideline that is, is very consistent every single time when, when, that you, you do every time, or does it change? Does it vary at all? Uh, it doesn't vary a whole lot. I, I really I paid a lot of attention to what the offense is doing, where, where they start, and uh, at some point, whenever they cross the 50, I'm really getting myself dialed in and ready to go, and you know I'm kicking in the net, and nothing really changes. We we go out there, and I just keep it simple. How many kicks into a net do you usually have on the sideline before you, you're ready to go? Uh, after we cross the 50, I usually I hit a full kick in the net every first down, and then once we get in field goal range, every down I kick a ball. Okay. Do you ever get yeah. tired? Yeah. It's, <laughs> kicking in the net is definitely one of the most tiring parts, and you got to – if we're scoring a lot or we're kicking a lot, then you really got to, you know, <laughs> conserve your energy and not do too much because it's really easy to overkick. Does it feel good to be 9-1 right now with five straight wins and, and you guys kind of control your own destiny? Yeah, it's great. This is where we 
definitely where we want to be. Obviously, you know, we would love to get the win over Villanova. Um, but, you know, we're back in the driver's seat, so we're definitely looking forward to the playoffs. And we got one more game to go in the regular season, and then, and then we'll be ready for playoffs. But, yeah, we definitely like where we are. No doubt. Ethan, congratulations. What a record it is. And, again, a lot left to be done this year, Thank but congratulations. You. Thanks a lot. No problem. Appreciate it again. Ethan Ratke, is, he has become the all-time leader. No kicker in the, in the history of college football, the history of college football, any level, has made more field goals than number 91 for JMU. He has more field goals than anyone and more points. Dave, now we got Diamante. we got more talk. points than anybody as well. So he has had a tremendous career and still a lot left to be done. Let's, let's switch sides of the football. Talk to Diamante Tucker Dorsey as he had eight tackles today. Tuck, how are you, sir? Congratulations. I'm good, man. Appreciate it. Hey, talk about this. Let's start with the first half, first of all, because they only had five first downs at halftime. They didn't get much done. They only had about 68 yards of offense. How did you guys feel at halftime about how you would shut them down? Um, I think we came out fast, you know, did what we wanted to do, got some things going. We blitzed a little bit, you know, gave us some problems. Uh, so we started good. First half was great. You know, what were some issues after halftime? They had some stretch plays that got you. What were some of the issues that you guys were having to stop some of those big plays? Um, I think we just got a little bit comfortable, a little bit complacent, you know, miss some, miss some, a couple of assignments, but you know, nothing, nothing we can't fix. You know, one thing it looked like you guys were almost up the field right away. Almost, were you a little too aggressive at times, maybe in that second half? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I feel like we had the same, um, you know, game plan as the first half. We just, you know, we got complacent, um, you know, got comfortable, got cleaned that up. You know, when you play a team that loves to run the football like William & Mary does, is that something that you take a lot of pride in as a defense? That, that Obviously, you guys are really good at stopping the run, but it's kind of mano a mano against a team like this, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, um, when a team wants to come out and run the ball, we love that. You know, that's what we want you to do. Please try to run the ball. So, um, yeah, it's definitely mano a mano, but, you know, we, we play with a, a different mentality, and we feel like we're going to win that every time. So, if you want to come run the ball, come on. Is this defense, or excuse me, is this offense a challenge to go up against with some of the, the window dressing that they put on, the motions and the shifts and things like that? Is it a challenge to get lined up and, and know correctly exactly what they're going to do? Um, I wouldn't say that. Uh, you know, like you said, it's just window dressing. So you wouldn't show the ball step, you know, where that and we're fine. Um, just making adjustments off of that. Uh, we're a smart defense, so I don't think we really have too many problems. Do you feel like your communication was pretty good with all that today? Yes, definitely. Um, great communication, especially in the first half. Like I said, I feel like we just got comfortable in the second half. You know, second the game is over, not finishing. So, you know, we're just clean that up and keep on moving to the next one. All right, I want to I want to get your thoughts on Ethan Ratke. Obviously, kickers sometimes those specialists they're they're kind of off doing their own thing. But for him to be the all time leader of, of, in college football history, and he's on your team, I know. Some people say, hey, they're just kickers. But, man, he has been so instrumental for you guys, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's amazing. It's a, it's a blessing to be a part of it, you know, to be able to see it firsthand, just to sit here and watch him watch him work every day, his work ethic and the way he approaches the game and how he prepares. Um, it's really amazing and a testament, a testament to him, and, you know, his love for the game and his appreciation for the game. And, you know, it doesn't get any better than this. He's literally the all-time leader in NCAA history, so, you know, it's amazing. He's really uh, – I, I call him a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's what I'm going to start calling him then. He's, he is a wizard, man, no doubt about that. We're yeah. talking to Tuck. <laughs> hey, you're just down the road in, in, uh, at Lake Taylor High School down in Norfolk. Uh, did you have a lot of friends and family here today? Uh, yeah, um, actually my coaches came out, so um, that was good to see them. My trainer came out, my mom, you know, my cousins and stuff. So it was real good to play in front of them because I don't usually get to um, and play in front of them and everybody else. So, um, yeah, it was really good. Do you feel good about where you guys are at right now after five straight wins? Hey, it don't matter unless we keep it going. That's how I feel. <laughs> I love that mentality, Tuck. Congratulations, my friend. Good, good job today. <laughs> We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Good job. Congratulations. Hi, boss. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Again, Diamante Tucker-Dorsey, he had eight tackles today. Kelvin Azanima led the way. He had 11 in this football game. Sam Kidd played well, especially early. He had six in this football game. Kelvin had two tackles for loss. Tuck had one. Sam had two tackles for loss. Isaac Uku, a couple of tackles for loss. And, again, he was going to be a game-time decision. Torres Carroll, Bryce Carter each had a tackle for loss. MJ Hampton had one. Mateo Jackson had one as well. They finished with 10 tackles for loss in this football game. And they again go plus two in the turnover ratio as those guys led the way on the defensive side of the football. Let's get back into some of these numbers real quick, and then we'll get a break in. And eventually we'll hear from Kurt Signetti, the head football coach of your Dukes, after their victory here today, 32-22. to I mentioned the passing numbers from Cole Johnson. He goes for 334 in the football game. His top receiver with a new career high in catches is Antoine Wells Jr. Nine catches for 134 yards. Had a long of 43. Was targeted 16 times in the football game. Chris Thornton had seven catches for 75 and a score. He continues to just find the end zone. Solomon Van Horse had three for 33 in the game. Devin Ravenel had three catches for 24 yards. Then Drew Painter had one for 27. Reggie Brown had one for 26. Scott Bracey had the first catch of the game for 12. And Latrell Palmer had a catch for three yards in the football game. Dukes essentially down to two running backs right now. They're healthy and didn't run the ball great today. They finished with 112 on the ground. Latrell Palmer, 18 carries for 48 yards. Averages 2.7 yards per tote. A long of seven. Cole Johnson had nine for 46 and one touchdown, a long of 13. And Solomon Van Horse had 14 carries, a career high for him. Carries in a football game, but just for 22 yards, a long of nine as they go for 112 on the ground today. And quickly for William & Mary individually, Hollis Mathis went eight of 14 for 128 and a touchdown. Also had one INT. Top receiver was Zach Burdick with three for 70. And Cole Blackman had two for 56 on the ground. Finally gave up a 100-yard rusher for the first time in a long time. Malachi Emo goes 13 carries for 101. He had a 53-yard run for a TD. Bronson Yoder goes 10 for 69 on a touchdown. And TJ, excuse me, JT Mayo goes 1 for 23 on the versus play of the, of the game. Again, JMU defeats Women Mary 32-22. Our final score, the Dukes are now 9-1 and 6-1 and one in league play. We're going to break and come back, look at scores from around the league, and also hear from Kurt Signetti as we continue with James Madison football, the Morris Insurance and Financial, JMU Radio Network.